Mads, um, what laws would you skirt around if you were insanely rich? Hmm. You think, would you exploit that? Ooh. I think I'd buy a home and, like, ignore all of the homeowner association rules. Yeah, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. So, I have heard, I heard about this, like, I think she's, like, a horror author. And so she's got, like, a decent amount of money and, like, not necessarily fame, but mm-hmm. she's, like, well-known. Mm-hmm. And I... We'll have to maybe fact check that. Ooh, yeah. Fact check. But because um, I d- actually don't remember like who she is. And I just have heard this story that she lives in a homeowners association. Mm-hmm. And every Halloween, she does like a huge like decor, you know, whole oh, scene yeah. in her front yard. And they all hate it. Yeah. But they like, she, they can't do anything about it because she's mm-hmm. like, I'm this big horror like <laughs> yeah. author. So that's too bad. Just and fucking pay off the yeah. HOA. Yeah. You know, like, so I would way. love that. Oh, yeah. I love that too. Just be a, a terror to the neighborhood. Yes, exactly. Like Pee Wee. I feel like, and this is like, this might come off as like annoying, but <laughs> I feel like I would skirt a lot of laws that are like ridiculously like discriminative. That's the word. Yeah, right? discriminatory. Discriminatory. Yeah. <laughs> towards uh, people that are like homeless mm. and like build. You know how they do like stupid stuff. Like they'll like put like spikes on like a bench yeah. or some shit like i feel like i yeah. would like build like little like i don't know temporary yeah. homes yeah. and like stuff and just be like i don't give a fuck that like you're trying to like make outlaw like yeah or like where they where they set up camps you could go and, exactly like, put, in, put in some infrastructure yeah and take it down and put it back up when yeah exactly city inevitably kicks them out exactly yeah. yeah i just think i would do like more bold things against government and especially Mm -hmm. the laws that I think are just like so inhumane Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's so obvious that they're inhumane yeah and just like throw that in their face you see that they're they're building a park where that old Kmart was oh really they're like putting Hmm. in a really nice park to try to deal with the the unhoused population around there how is that like gonna you're already building an area where unhoused people are gonna live like just because right. you put grass and some trees and a right. fountain in doesn't mean that unhoused people aren't gonna be there so like let's put that no, money in into fact, actually like, <laughs> giving them probably, a place to live yeah oh see that's Ridiculous. so frustrating exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. well all right Matt. So let's get this mfr started <laughs> Welcome to Late Night Lobotomies, everyone. It's the queer alt-culture podcast that's good for your brain goo. <laughs> I'm your host, Evtron, and I'm... Evtron? <laughs> Evtron! Go, Evtron! And I'm joined today by my best friend in the whole wide world, Maddie. Hey! Mads, welcome home. Also, aren't you... Isn't your handle, like, try me on? That's my, <laughs> uh, that's my Venmo. Also known as... At try me on. Yeah. <laughs> at, at try me on one at Venmo. Oh, uh, genius. No, I came up with that after I had already made all my usernames for everything but Venmo. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How are you, Mads? 
I'm good. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I feel like that's always my response. I'm like, <laughs> I'm good. Um, Let me ask my therapist. <laughs> surface level good. Uh, below surface level, always complicated. It's yeah. complicated. There's a lot going on. Yeah. In depends our lives on and in the world. Depends on the day. Depends on the time of the day. Depends on how much social media I've looked at. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I've been so good with social media. I feel like I haven't checked. Like, really check social media since, like, Christmas. Same. Like, I got... Because I got the comics subscription. So, anytime I open my phone... And, like, I was already only going on Reddit anyways. Okay. Like, obviously, I have to do Instagram for the show and everything. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, anytime I open my phone just to, like, sit down and dick around, I'm going straight to reading comics. Same. I've been doing... Yeah. Well, I've, I've, like, I don't know, especially this year, have come to notice that, like, yeah, the more I look at social media, the worse my mental health gets. Mm-hmm. And like, I can almost predict when I'm going to have a mental breakdown because it's like, yeah. I've looked at the news. Yeah. Maybe more than once in a week. And yeah. that's all I need. Yeah. Like, it's just to look at, unfortunately, to be aware of what's going on. Yeah. It's an absurd uh, world. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, not to derail that, but I've been working. Uh, open to close in the suburbs lately. <laughs> no, the suburbs. Yeah, dude. It's uh, it's been strange. And yeah. like, so it's, I get a lot of work for the podcast done because it's a 12 hour shift and it's a brand new store and it's pretty slow, but it's definitely like translated to me jotting down every shitty interaction I have <laughs> as like something to bring up on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm thinking we maybe don't need that negativity today yeah yeah today my customer update is that there were so few of them that i was actually able to finish my research for this episode and hey, get it ready to record yeah nice. yeah honestly with stuff like today's topic i i probably do like twice as much research as i need to yeah if not more but i just have anxiety that like what if my computer crashes and i don't have my notes and i have to cover entire life stories from memory oh god you know what if someone has a gun to finn's head and says i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot (laughs) yeah (laughs) no like i'm gonna shoot unless you can recite robert durst grandpa's obituary word for word give me all the content on the last podcast you were about to record Uh uh-huh yeah then i go from (laughs) overworked podcast to hero yeah. yeah, but you enjoy the research, right? I do. I think I that's, the, that's yeah. the fun part. Oh, dude, I came across just a nugget of content <laughs> uh, that we're going to end today's episode with tonight that I, I was up so late fucking yeah. working on this and I came across that and I'm like, God damn it, this is why I do this. I'm so I excited. live for this shit. Yeah. Um, update for Finn, for concerned listeners. Aww. He is fine. He has returned to normal health. Uh, his poops are solid, and his legs. We love no solid poops. Hurt. Yay, good poops. Yeah, he was just he was just having a rough go of it. So he's back in the studio with us, recording with us today. Yeah, he's in my lap. Yeah, uh, across the Spider Verse was back in theaters last week. Ooh. Yeah, I saw it twice last week. And Mads, you know me. What's my favorite way to watch Spider-Verse? Um, with a little bit of shrooms on the side. A little bit of shrooms on yeah. the side. Yes, I got to, once again, for probably the, I don't know, fifth or sixth time, take mm-hmm. shrooms and go see Spider-Verse. And I cried for the first, like, half hour of it, yeah. honestly. Um, yeah. I watched those on the plane, I think on my way back mm-hmm. from New Zealand. And I had forgotten how the, is it the, 
there's two out, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten how, like, the second one truly cuts off at, like, the yeah. most cliffhanger <laughs> of cliffhangers. Yeah. And so I was, like, I was, like, watching it, and I was like, man, I don't remember how this resolves, mm-hmm. you know? I was like, I know I've seen this before, but I cannot yeah. remember how this ends. And then I realized it was because it doesn't. It yeah. literally leaves you with, like... Absolutely no result. Well, you get to that point where it's like, I've been sitting here for like yeah. two and a half hours. Yep. And like, are we just starting another climax? Literally, I was like, wow, this movie must be really yeah. long because there's still got to be so much that happens. Yeah. And then I realized that's because there's a whole another movie coming yeah. out. Yeah. And it's, yeah, my first time seeing it after reading comics for months straight and yeah i I got to see it through a whole new lens Mm -hmm. you know it was like seeing it for the first time again the closest i can get to that and i saw it with marku it was their first time seeing it so really yeah i described it to them as like seeing a color you've never seen before yeah for the first time and yeah just the whole first like 20 minutes of it that you know we get to spend hanging out with spider gwen and Mm -hmm. it's just so heartbreaking and beautiful and i love her so much yeah she's become my favorite superhero by far yeah by far i also um so sean i think you know that sean has a goddaughter Mm -hmm. lily yeah and we watched her last week Mm -hmm. and um i was trying to get her to you know, it was at the point where it was like, we've played so many games and like yeah. blown so many bubbles and blah, blah, blah. And like both Sean and I were like, we just want to take a nap or something. Yeah. So I was trying to calm her down. So I put on like some cartoons and she loves Spider-Man. Hell yeah. So I also got to watch a little bit of like the, I don't know if it, I think it was Disney Plus. So like mm-hmm. the Disney, like cute, like Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man and Friends. Yeah, that like one. little yeah. kids show. Yeah. That was kind of cute too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm, I've been buying my niece and nephew Spider-Man. I think last Christmas was all Spider-Man themed. Yep. Uh, to try to get them into it. Hopefully it works. Lily loves Spider-Man. Yeah. I need to hang out with my niece and nephew soon. Yeah. I miss those little buggers. But yeah. Maddie, buddy, yeah. I'm yeah. so happy to finally have you on this show. Me too. I've, I've mentioned you on this podcast what feels like once per episode i know i've been so privileged to get so many shout outs so yeah listeners this is it this is behind the curtain this is the best friend i keep talking about the real the real deal the real deal the og yeah i've been wanting to have you on since day one and i'm so sorry it's taken this long um i'm pretty sure that's my fault because i'm uh just an introvert that needs to (laughs) like literally build up energy to hang out for an hour with people I feel you, buddy. But yeah, now that we have a, a full, you know, four mic setup, I might just start having you on just to laugh. I would love that. We'll see. Yeah, I really want to do 22 questions with you soon. I would love to just be like the reactor in the background. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I could be like your, what do they call that? Like the laugh track? Yeah. 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 The chuckle hut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. Yeah. I think I actually have a list of questions for you already Ooh. that I wrote up a while ago. I'll see if I need to change any. Okay. Um, but yeah, we can literally do that whenever. Yeah. I'm, I feel like once I do one, like I'll be pretty comfortable yeah. jumping into, yeah, jumping into the next. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mads, you are by far one of the smartest, funniest, kindest Aww. people that I've ever met. So before we get started, do you want to tell us just a tiny bit about you? Hmm. Like like the basics of like where I grew up and stuff? Yeah, just or... a tiny bit, dude. Yeah. I 
I was born in Minneapolis um, mm. and was here like for the first couple years of my life and then grew up in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Blech. Scotty. But like just outside of Milwaukee. So not like the most terrible area yeah. of Wisconsin. And then wanted to come back here. And I did that for college. And mm-hmm. I've been here ever since. And I don't plan on ever going back to Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, grown to absolutely love the Twin Cities. Yeah. Have met like my most bestest friends of all time mm-hmm. um including ev yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we randomly kind of became besties by just rolling the dice and deciding to live with a stranger yeah and it worked out yeah it's just it's so wild like you moved in in september and by halloween pretty much i felt like like not only were you and i on our way to best friendship but mm-hmm. i was already in love with all of your friends yeah and, and Dude, other our, my friends too can you like think back on like that first time that we met and like i came out of that being like yeah we're gonna click <laughs> yeah. like i don't even know what we talked about we talked a little bit about like mental health we talked a little bit about uh horror movies yeah. you had like some music stuff up on the mm-hmm. walls we smoked we smoked and it was like okay, like we have the exact same vibe mm-hmm. and we have plenty in common and you seem like a very like good person. And Thanks. I was like, yeah, this is this is going to be it. Yeah. And it was it. <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way. And yeah. I know I've told you this a million times, but getting adopted into the friend group is like one of the most, if not the most meaningful and impactful things in my life. And I would say vice versa, like for our friend group, Thanks. being able to like have you as an addition has yeah. been well, like, yeah. also so meaningful and impactful Thanks, for all of us. Yeah. yeah, no, it means a lot, especially because you guys are all friends from college and, yeah. you know, a couple of years after graduating, you decided you had an opening and that was Absolutely. great. You know, and like I had two friends before we met. Like, yeah. I had two friends and yeah, I just find it so amazing that like li- literally one person being randomly dropped into your life can mm-hmm. completely change everything. And, you know, Marku is another example, but who wants to date someone with two friends? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <sighs> IRL shouts out to you, buddy, and regular shouts out to all of our friends. For sure. Our ladies and ladies. And ladies. The occasional boy, too. Occasional. Occasional yeah, boy. Like, a couple. Three boys. Yeah. Boyfriends. Yeah. Love them, too. But even then, <laughs> they're not the most boyish boys you know yes they're not they're not no i don't <laughs> think we, we would ex- yeah <laughs> i don't think any of our f- friends would date really boyish boys oh no lilia lilia does date boyish boys yeah she's got that very interesting <laughs> type yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love her i have an unreleased lilia episode where we talked about clouds um <laughs> that was on our old mic setup and the audio just wasn't great and Turns out clouds isn't that fun of a topic. We should to talk release about. that on Patreon. That Maybe should be I like will. a bonus yeah. Patreon of like this, like just like funny <laughs> blooper yeah. of an episode. That like, just didn't go too well. Yeah, but that's okay. We'll get Lilia in here again soon. But Mads, are you ready to get into our topics for today? Yeah. Great. You had to think about it. I did because I was going to say a little bit more about myself. Or oh, see, I, I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Continue, continue. I was like, maybe that's all they need to know. Was yeah, that... just where you grew up. I no. <laughs> was born in Minneapolis. Yes. No, sorry. Continue. Yeah. So um, I, uh, I went to college for nutrition and um, ended up like getting into the dietetics track and yeah. learned pretty early on um, 
that I wanted to go into that I wanted to do eating disorders mm-hmm. and partially from my own experience um, and also just like seeing a whole different side of the nutrition uh, field mm-hmm. that is so much more so much less toxic than I think the typical nutrition field or nutrition space is and um, like how much we really need more people in that area. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I like worked as a diet tech for a couple years at mm-hmm. a residential facility. And that was that really solidified like, wow, I love this work. I I love working um, in eating disorders and, you know, learned a lot about like how hard the work is, but also how to have boundaries, especially like mm-hmm. work life balance and like you know, learning how to how to care, but also not like put responsibility on like myself mm-hmm. for, you know, others necessarily getting better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's got to be one of the hardest jobs to have a mm-hmm. good like work life balance and, sure. and not get too into it yet. Yeah. As involved as you have to be. Exactly. Like if you're passionate about it, you like you want to put your all into it because mm-hmm. you want to be the one that like says the exact right thing that Mm -hmm. they're like oh my gosh now i'm now i can recover or whatever yeah it's just not how it works yeah um it's not one size fits all exactly Mm -hmm. exactly um Mm -hmm. and so like i i feel like i've learned a lot from working in this area too just that's helped myself too Mm -hmm. like a lot of you know acceptance of like making mistakes or like yeah you know just thinking about like you can only do your best and Mm -hmm. you gotta appreciate yeah that and that's that's okay yeah yeah you're a fucking you're a lifesaver buddy Aww. i'm sure you know that <laughs> i really appreciate that even if even if you don't tell yourself that yeah you are yeah you know i mean think about what those people did for you i know mm-hmm. that's the first thing i thought of actually when you just said that mm-hmm. was well people did that for me right. and so it's like surely i can't be a lifesaver I've... but they definitely were yeah yeah but yeah, so now I work as a as a dietitian, mm-hmm. um, also at a residential center. This time with adolescents, mm-hmm. and it's a crazy job. It's super fun and funny, and also devastating and um, yeah. really hard. And but I love it. Yeah, I'm and so even, happy to be there. You've been fucking kicking ass with it Thank since you. since we met, dude. Thank you. Like it's always it's always just been so impressive. And I mentioned in in ooh, our 2023 recap episode i think <laughs> that getting to see you graduate from your internship program yeah. was like it's making me tear up right i don't now, know how buddy. i wasn't bawling my eyes out at that mm-hmm. graduation i, I was how. holding back so hard the whole time but i was like nobody else is crying so yeah. like i can't be the only one oh but, I, yeah, I was for I was, sure. <laughs> it was just like not only just like a a huge like accomplishment for myself that I've been building up for years, but also to have all the support with me, like not only my mom and like my dad and my stepmom were there, but Mm -hmm. all of, you know, my best friends that really have got me through like all of the hardest times and really helped me to like be successful in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we love doing it, buddy. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Now, dive into that damn content let's dive into that content today folks we are talking about when the wealthy murder and get murdered (laughs) do you like my new true crime sound i do (laughs) i love all the sounds pretty fun huh you know who's absolutely gonna be a wealthy murder 
Kanye. Ooh. I th- or maybe a former murderer or murdery. Oh, either one, really. I could. See I was it. thinking murderer, but I. I could see. But it. yeah, I think he's maybe just as likely to get murdered. Did you yeah. see what he did to his teeth? No. Oh, buddy, he had all of his teeth pulled. Oh wait, I think I heard about this. And replaced with eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar titanium dentures. Wonderful. So his murder story is going to be that somebody went in and ripped all of his teeth out and yeah. then he just bled out of his mouth yeah like, that's to death oh god i just i can't imagine like I, I think i said this on maybe last week's episode or something but just like getting the the grills is one thing but the idea of going in and like getting surgery to remove to all remove of your teeth, all your teeth is yeah. so disturbing <laughs> i feel like my teeth are up part of me yeah they're part of I our don't... skeleton <laughs> yeah like if they don't need to be removed i wouldn't uh-huh opt into them being removed to be replaced by like yeah a metal when you could just when you could just get a grill yeah there's easier ways to do it kanye Mm -hmm. there really is (laughs) there really is but anyways mads it's a dangerous world out there that's for sure and while violent crime rates do go down as wealth goes up that doesn't change the fact that 1.2 percent of men in the u.s are born psychopaths and that rate, wow, I'm not uh, surprised by that at all. Yeah, no, that, that rate does, <laughs> does not change with how much money you're born into. But yeah, mm-hmm. 1.2%. That's uh, almost 400,000 people in the U.S. Do you have psychopaths. a percentage for the women? For women? I don't have one written down, but I will fact check it next week. Okay. For sure. I'm very curious about yeah. that. But yeah, we probably interact with psychopaths all the time. I definitely do at the yeah, smoke shop. I, uh, I was going to say, I feel like that's pretty common for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get this, dude. This is a fun statistic. Around 15% of the U.S. prison population is psychopaths. Hmm. CEOs, 21 fucking percent. One in every five CEOs is Mm -hmm. bad shit insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, like Bill Gates, not a psychopath. Jeff Bezos, psychopath. For sure. Tim Cook, not a psychopath. Elon Musk, definitely I was going to say Elon Musk is next, huh? (laughs) Yep. Definitely a psychopath. Yeah, it makes sense, though. Like, psychopathic traits do line up with, you know, like a ruthless business person traits. You know, yeah. you got zero empathy or remorse, controlling behavior, narcissism, and I think especially manipulation to, are just all things that help you get incredibly fucking rich. Yeah, it's like a chicken or the egg kind of situation. Yeah. Of like, do you have to be a psychopath to become that's successful which yeah. i would probably argue yes mm-hmm. or do you become a psychopath when you become that successful which i would also argue yes mm-hmm. i agree i fully agree yeah and so you know it helps people make choices psychopathy helps people make choices that get them rich and right. keep them rich we had a woman when i worked at the unnamed minneapolis records store yes um, that she was i think the sister of one of the older employees and she got to do all of the graphics for anything that needed a graphic Mm -hmm. and i'm sure she was doing it in microsoft word or or maybe microsoft paint word but yeah like paint yeah like everything not even adobe no oh god no definitely not adobe whatever it was it was not in the adobe suite but yeah everything just was fucking blown out pixely images yeah you know three different resolutions and three different fonts and you could tell it was made by a grandma (laughs) 
and <laughs> by a grandma. Yeah, and like they had so many actual artists working there too. Damn, like, yeah. I, any of us would have done that for a dollar an hour raise, right? You know, but but Gail gets to design the the Facebook cover photo, mm-hmm. you know. But the owners of that shop. My point is, the owners of that shop are a lot of things, but they're not psychopaths, mm-hmm. right? They have too much compassion to take some poor old lady's job away from her where sure. you know a psychopath would have put her on the street and yeah. never thought about her again and Easy the company would have been better for it yeah you know yeah but anyways the folks we're covering today are both parts of big rich families where psychopathy definitely leads to both Fester. insane wealth and insane violence Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So today we're talking about two rich families plagued by murder. The unrelenting liar, Robert Durst, and the infamous Murdoch family. Yeah. Do you say psychopathy or psychopathy? I don't know if I've ever said that word out loud, Mm -hmm. to be honest. That's good. So now I'm like thinking about (laughs) it. I would probably say whatever the person before me said. So like you just said psychopathy so i would probably say psychopathy mm-hmm. psychopathy sounds like what does it sound like psychopathy it sounds like a like a surgery yeah it or does. something <laughs> yeah. I'm like i'm you. performing a psychopathy today yeah yeah once you turn 45 you gotta start getting your psychopathy every yeah few yeah years. so yeah. psychopathy i think flows better and sounds more like the meaning of the word mm-hmm. agreed agreed Well, I think we'll go in the order that I just listed that. So, Maddie, let's get into some Robert Durst. Oh, what a weirdo. True crime noise. (laughs) Ah, I love that noise. Mads, I think you and I watched the Jinx together back in the day. Yes. Um, It's the Robert Durst doc that is so central to this story. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we'll get into it. But the Robert Durst story wouldn't be the Robert Durst story without this documentary being made. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, of all the gruesome things about this piece of shit i remember you being the most disturbed by his teeth really his teeth and his burps yeah <laughs> well and that's funny because that's one of his one of his things right was like he liked to make people uncomfortable so he would just like burp yeah i think it was that and it was probably a nervous thing too you know oh as, yeah like a tick yeah like as he's bit. lying more and more he's burping more and more like it's it, an unfortunate tick yeah he sounds like like Rick from Rick and Morty. Yeah. Burping oh, every yep, few words. Yep. Yeah. But That's funny. check out our Instagram at late night lobotomies for a pic of Robert. I'll post a, a couple pics of the folks we're covering today. I He's, don't much remember what he looks like other than just like a pretty basic in his 60s, 70s, yeah. you know, gray hair. Yeah. He was just a, a disgusting little shriveled up old man yeah really yucky looking yeah. but but yeah go watch the jinx on hbo y'all i've it's seen it wild. i've seen it twice now and i could watch it again my mind was so blown mm-hmm. in a way of like that almost like that would never happen in real life but it happened in real yeah. life like that was 0.00001 percent mm-hmm. chance of happening in real life yeah yeah everything in his story just gets crazier and crazier yeah well and like how he was ultimately like how they ultimately got the solid piece of evidence yeah which yeah we'll reveal which we'll get to yeah just wild Mm -hmm. yeah so let's uh set the scene for this man's life 
Robert was one of the heirs, or at least could have been one of the heirs, to his family's real estate business in New York. The Durst family has been uh, pretty prominent in New York City since the 1920s, going on 100 fucking years now, Mm -hmm. when uh, Joseph Durst, Robert's grandpa, started buying up real estate that was really cheap then, but is obviously priceless now. Yeah, it was like a, it was kind of like a, it's just lucky. Yeah. Right? Buy low, sell high. Yeah. Or buy low and keep it. Yeah, he just happened to Uh get really lucky with his purchase. Yeah. Yeah. His uh, obituary, Joseph's obituary uh, reads, a Manhattan real estate investor and developer who combined a passion for city history with an equally strong distaste for government involvement in land use affairs. What does that mean? I think just like classic conservative capitalist back when Republicans oh, like, were all about, you know, limiting government involvement in their lives and oh, not taking away people's rights to their body. Sure. Mm-hmm. So like land belongs to individuals like fuck public people should be land? free to um, to do business to as conquer. they please. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> to claim and conquer. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So then we have Seymour Durst, Robert's father, who was more. Mm, let's say psychopathic mm. uh, with his, well, his business name is Seymour, dealings. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's psychopathic in the CEO way where it works to their benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically took the Durst organization from a business to a straight up empire. Mm-hmm. Today, they own over 3 million square feet of rental property in Manhattan. And that's just Manhattan and that's just residential. I think yeah. the fact that like one of the ways that people can become so wealthy and so powerful is through real estate like mm-hmm. just says something mm-hmm. yeah they own a ton of office buildings too between new york and philadelphia they own over 16 million square feet of real estate jesus yeah these guys like literally changed the new york city skyline That's crazy. They have uh, buildings in Times Square, Bank of America Tower, and get this, Matt, they even have 10% ownership of the One World Trade Center. Oh! Yep. There's our weekly 9-11 time. (laughs) And we're going to check in with with OJ at the end of the episode. Yes! All right. And last bit of the background of the Durst family. They're the 47th richest family in America, and they are worth... 8.1 8.1 billion dollars. Is that current? Yeah. Even after? Yeah. That's disgusting. Yep. Yeah, that's that's at least the latest update that Forbes had Ugh. on their on their standing. Oh my god. But... I am not going to hide my opinion of wealth at, at Oh all. yeah, no. This I whole episode is just going to be shitting on I'm on just going to be people. saying you or like blech. Yeah. Every 20 seconds. So yeah. I apologize for that ahead of time. Mhm. Yeah. Anyways, Robert's brother, uh, younger brother, Douglas, who he described as a pussy, uh, <laughs> runs the company today. He called Douglas a pussy because he hired security to protect himself from Robert. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, do you know why Douglas Durst hired a bodyguard? Because he's a pussy. They're, they're like the family in succession. Have you seen that show, Mads? I haven't. Yeah. I've... Probably not like my type of show. Yeah. It's one that would... Again, frustrate me because it's too similar to real life. Yep, agreed. Yeah, I've tried to get through that fucking thing twice, and 
She gets so sick of mm-hmm. billionaires whining about shit, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. but yeah, the Durst are like the succession family of the the twenty something year old who smokes out of the one he the <laughs> lying, abusive, brutal murder. I was <laughs> I was like I don't know if like surprised or like I don't know if I had any moment of like slightly liking him more. It was when they mentioned that almost every time he was arrested, they found cannabis. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, at least he's trying to like calm down. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, I I found some weird sympathy for him too. That was like the, yeah, yeah. That like really, yeah, it just really challenged my, I don't know my my morals around justice. I he just like well, yeah. There's all like with all of these people, there's there's always something shitty that happened to them. Exactly. There's like, always a childhood. mental health. Right. Yeah. There's always like some just little thing to latch on to. Yep. It's like, oh, I want to give this guy a hug, but he's a brutal murderer. Yep. I know. <laughs> I'm glad that we're like the same in that, though, because mm-hmm. I like am absolutely the same. I just always have some level of empathy because it's like I truly believe like they weren't just like born like a total dick. Yeah. You know, Agreed. like there's so much and like working in mental health, too. It's like there's so much that goes into like development and like mm-hmm. your experiences that yeah. contribute to like how you are yeah. as an adult. I you mean, know? yeah, being born a psychopath doesn't mean you're born a murderer. Exactly. You know, there's lots exactly. of lots of functioning psychopaths out yes. there who, you know, really wouldn't kill anybody. Mm-hmm. But yep. yeah, so Robert's born the oldest of four in 1943. And for the purposes of this podcast, nothing notable happened to Robert until age seven. Mm, yeah his, uh, yeah mm-hmm. his father woke him up in the middle of the night and told him hey come look at mommy come <gasps> look at mommy he was uh half asleep and confused but he followed his dad to the window where they could see his mother standing on the roof in her nightgown robert got one last look at his mother before she leapt off their three-story home and fell to her death yeah i don't know if we can say that nothing happened to him until age seven, considering that situation. Yeah. His dad, like, encouraged him to watch his mother commit suicide. Yeah. There's got to be some weird shit from the get-go. Yeah. I I have a feeling that maybe, like, the dad got him to go stand in the window so the mom could see him. Oh, and, like, maybe, maybe not do it? Yeah. Aww. I think that that, that that could be it. It's. It seems unlikely that the dad would be like, "Hey, mommy's about to kill herself." Yeah, come, you're come right. Watch. You're right. Yeah, you it could have been like an act of desperation. Yeah. And I, you know, I want to be like, "How could you do that to your kid?" And the, you know, how could you not think of like how that's going to affect him? But right. I could also see that just being desperate in that situation of like, I got to save her. Yeah. Let's bring the kids out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Really tragic. This is worth mentioning before we go any further. There's a lot of concrete evidence in this episode, but there's also a heck of a lot of stuff that just comes from Durst. Yeah. And listeners, you have to know this. You cannot trust a single thing this man says. Right. That doesn't mean that everything he says is a lie, but as yeah. as he'll end up claiming on the stand, he didn't kill anyone, but he would lie about it if he did. Right. You know, kind of a <laughs> hey, paradox. Hey, at least you're honest about yeah. it. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. So just imagine I'm saying allegedly every few sentences, so I don't have to. Yeah. But yeah, Robert's childhood is plagued by allegedly witnessing <laughs> his mother's suicide. 
Uh, he and his siblings never got along. He and his brother Douglas had to go to uh, what's called sibling rivalry counseling. Oh, I didn't um, know they they had like like couple counseling yeah. for siblings, but that's probably needed. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I didn't know that that was a thing either. Yeah. Yeah, and so as you know, he got older, it became more and more clear that he wasn't all that interested in the family business right. where everybody else was. Mm -hmm. But it's hard not to be interested in the family business when that family is worth billions of dollars. And you're the firstborn son. And you're the firstborn, yeah. He went to Lay University and UCLA where he met a woman named Susan Berman, who we will get to in a minute here. Mm -hmm. But Robert and Susan became best friends pretty fucking fast, just like us, Mads. We're we're real Robert and Susan, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I definitely every time that like I heard about him meeting a woman, I was just like, what kind of woman was just like, yeah, I totally want to be best friends with yeah. this guy. And like best friends. Right. Like they hung out and talked all the time. And like was just like, yeah, I totally want to like marry and be in a, in a relationship. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Robert ends up dropping out of school and returns to New York in 1969. And in 1972, he meets Kathleen McCormick, his soon-to-be wife. Uh, I'm going to call her Kathy, I think. I don't like Kathleen. Do you like Kathleen? I think she... Not particularly. Mm -hmm. um, for anybody that's listening, that's named Kathleen. Yeah, sorry, Kathleen. Um, I like it on you. <laughs> Works for you. But in general... Not usually a huge Kathleen yeah, person. Yeah, me neither. Uh, after two dates, Robert asked Kathy to move to Vermont with him. After two dates. Um, which, you know, Marku and I made things official after like three weeks and said yeah, I love you, you a couple of weeks move. later. Yeah. That's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we can't, you know, we can't go six months without saying babe like you and Sean. Actually, we call each other babe now. I know. I know. Isn't but that it, wild? But it took... It took at least six months. Oh, it did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Both of us were so like, I, and I think the first time, I think I said it the first time and it was very like, babe. Like, and then I just felt so awkward about it afterwards. I was like, oh my God, I just said that. And he knows that I just said that. And like, have we become too close now? Yeah. Like I'm calling him babe. But, but we've obviously gotten over that. And yeah. that's awesome. That's I love so that we cute. can very comfortably call each other that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the pet names at first were like. Ooh. Yeah, I, I feel that. But yeah, I, I say, hey, babe, like, <laughs> you know, every other sentence, it feels like I sometimes like I still get nervous about it. And I'll like <laughs> think about it beforehand. Right. In my head, I'm like, OK, I want to say this sentence. and I want to use babe. And I'm just like, I'm going to say it so fast uh -huh. so that the babe part doesn't sound weird. Because mm -hmm. for some reason, whenever <laughs> I think about it too much, like it always comes out like, babe, yeah. you know, like clearly nervous about it so then yeah. i'll just like rush through the sentence well, i mean yeah you, you don't want to you don't want to rush things you don't want to go too fast yeah. with your relationship <laughs> of well over a year yeah almost point. a year and a half yeah. now so yeah but anyways robert and kathy run a health food store in vermont for a couple years i didn't know that um yeah before red uh, flag Right? Yeah, you you love you love when people Red declare flag. certain foods healthy. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Especially when they profit off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love That's that. My favorite thing. Love that. Um Robert's dad, uh, Seymour, eventually convinces the couple to come back to New York once again to basically just hold some fancy sounding titles and <laughs> make some passive in income sure. in the family business. Be the face. Yeah. Robert and Kathy get married in 1973. 
And it's pretty much all downhill from there. One of the few things that Durst has said that I actually believe is how abusive he was to Kathy. Oh, he's admitted that. Yeah, both verbally and physically abusive. Mm. He had, yeah, he had no no issues uh, talking about that in the Again, jinx. I appreciate the honesty. It's almost, it's so much more infuriating. Infuriating? I do that too. Yeah, I don't know how to say that word. But um, when... Like, it's just, like, denied over and over. Yeah. You know, like, the gaslighting of, like... Yeah. I wasn't abusive. I was just, you know, mm-hmm. stating my opinion or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, there's that little tiny trickle of empathy. Uh-huh. Little tiny bit. Little bit. It goes away quick, yep. though. It goes yep. away quick because Kathy gets pregnant in 1980 <laughs> and Robert tells her, either get an abortion uh, or you will never see me again. Uh, yeah. Fucking hate Fuck this that guy. guy. Yeah. After the abortion, Kathy started opening up to her friends a little bit more about the abuse, but that doesn't slow Robert down. She hid from him at the neighbors on one occasion, just completely terrified of him, Mm. and he puts her in the hospital for facial injuries in January of 1982. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And throughout all of this, Kathy is working as a dental hygienist, and by that January of 1982... She's only a few months away from graduating medical school. Yeah. So. She was really trying to like, you know, do stuff for herself yeah. too. And Yeah. She's you know. getting, you know, horribly abused by her husband and she's still And still out there. doing that? Yeah. That's I could never. Yeah. I would not be able to do that. So Yeah. Women are so big fucking respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, listeners, you and you, Mads, <laughs> have to watch Fargo season five. I think it's the best season of television that I've ever seen and it's yeah, it's just like a really inspiring tale of an abuse victim taking okay. back, you know, what's hers. Those are kind of like my favorite shows and movies. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I love Midsummer so much or like Yeah. is is yeah. like the whole like you know, a woman that's kind of just being not treated right or not mm-hmm. getting, you know, the comfort and support that she yeah. deserves and then being like, "You know what?" Then I'm going to go join this crazy cult and I'm going to become the queen of this cult mm-hmm. and find my own support. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We we really need a midsummer too. We need to catch up with, with Danny. That's a tricky one for me though, because it's, I don't know, adding in a, adding in a potential for the sequel to be bad mm-hmm. could ruin it for me. It definitely could. So it definitely I'm could. not going to necessarily endorse that if it happens. I really hope it's good, and then I'd be super happy because we get more Midsummer. But yeah. I'm also not gonna like say that I want that. Yeah, Ari Aster doesn't seem like a like a sequel guy. Yeah, either. I think I'd rather have like a what's it called, like a analysis or mm. like commentary analysis yeah. type movie where it's like let's dive into like all of the themes and like the. Is it called like Easter eggs or yeah. something? Yeah. What's real and, and what isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather have that than like a sequel. Yeah. I'll see. We'll have to see if there's some director's commentary on mm-hmm. that. There's a good uh, podcast that's just only director's commentary. Really? Yeah. I Send used that it, over. I've used it a lot for, for the movies that we've covered. Oh, but you don't know if there's one for Midsummer. I don't know. Okay. I'd assume there is. I would love that. But anyways, back to Robert Durst. Mm-hmm. So on January 31st of 1982, Kathy goes to her friend Gilberta's house for dinner. And it's a, a dinner party. There's a bunch of people there. And Mads, how do you uh, how do abusive husbands feel about their wives having friends? 
they they're not allowed to have friends. Yeah. Why why would they have friends if they yeah. have their husband? Mm -hmm. Yeah, friends that will talk shit about the husband. Exactly. Like that's, that's one of the the key. And sometimes like that's maybe the only form of abuse that partners put on their partner. Yeah, but that's um, a serious form of abuse to yeah. be like your friends are convincing you that I'm abusing you right. or you know. Yes, if your partner is doing fuck. that, you need to leave them. Yeah. <laughs> ASAP. Yep. It's time to bounce. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna uh be soft about it at all. Uh, full cutoff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Full cutoff. Yeah. So while Kathy, and if you need help doing that, we're here for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll we'll draft a message for you. Uh huh. We'll tell you what to say. Oh, absolutely. At late night lobotomies on Instagram, or what not to say. Just don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Never talk to him again. Mm hmm. Yeah. So while Kathy's at this party, Robert's calling the house and eventually gets a hold of her and demands that she come home. Mm. After arguing on the phone, she eventually agrees. And before she leaves, she makes Gilbert a promise that if something should happen to her, she would look into Robert. That is a wild. This is another thing that it's like 0.0001% yeah. chance that that would happen in real life of like that if something happens... It's this person, and then something does happen, yeah. and it is that person. That's just, yeah. wow. Uh, it's so scary. It's so scary. It's, like, and... so unfortunate, too, because you're always like, well, if I say something's going to happen, like, what are the chances of it actually happening? Right. And then, damn, it actually happened to Kathy. Right. It did. Yeah. And so, yeah, Kathy pulling out of Gilberta's driveway was the last time anyone other than Robert saw her alive. I'm going to... This just popped in my head now, but like, I'm gonna say, like, somebody should have gone with her. Yeah. If one of my friends, like, if I knew they were in an abusive relationship, the man's calling, mm -hmm. asking her to come home, they're fighting. Yeah. And then my friend says, if anything happens, yeah, look into my husband, I'm coming with you. Definitely. Definitely. If not having multiple people come with you so that mm -hmm. can be the end of like let's go tell this guy we're done mm -hmm. and then we'll back you up protect you and get you out of this yeah yeah that's important to remember too if you're in an abusive relationship relationship and you know you're moving out or going to get your stuff oh my god always bring someone with you yeah if you have if you have a dude friend yeah bring the dude friend i i don't know this is going to be a vulnerable one. So I will never forget that I asked both Hannah and Nat, my two of yeah. my other best friends to like, well, I asked Nat to, she actually came and just sat in her car at my apartment while I broke up with mm. uh, one of my exes. And yeah. thank God she did that because she was the one that got help when I ended up being locked in the bathroom yeah. and had a very bad situation. So yeah, yeah get back up, make sure Absolutely. somebody is there. Cause if something bad happens, like, yes, then, you know, when you're leaving is, is when you're most likely to have violence Absolutely. in, in that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for Kathleen. She just disappeared. Which is and... a terrible, like, so she deserves so much more. Like she just yeah. disappeared and like really, truly didn't get justice for right. over 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. She wouldn't be declared legally dead until 2017. And that's just wild to yeah. me. Yeah. So Robert initially said that when Kathy got home, he took her to the train station so she could spend some time in the city. 
And then he talked to her on a payphone when she arrived and then went to his neighbor's house for drinks. But in the jinx, he admits that all of that was a lie just to get the police off his back. But he maintains that he had nothing to do with her disappearance. I just lied to the cops. I didn't do anything I don't else. know how anybody ever believed that for a second. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Gilberta becomes pretty concerned when Kathy doesn't show up to a lunch date. And after repeatedly trying to call Kathy and get the police to look deeper into Robert, she and another friend take matters into their own hands and start looking through Robert's trash. I mean, at least they did something. Yeah, they like, did something. And, all right. And to huge benefit to figuring out what happened to Kathy. Mm -hmm. Because Robert started throwing away Kathy's clothes and her belongings Ooh. only days after her disappearance. Ooh. A matter of days before she's even reported missing. And then, oof, this gives me chills. They found a note uh, or a list that Robert had written. <laughs> And it said, town dump, bridge, dig, boat, other, shovel, and car, truck, or rental. That's right. Yeah. When I heard that, it was another, like, that's too good to be true. Yeah. Like, I would write that if I wanted to be caught. Right. Yeah. No. Like, I think about, like, when he was writing that, like, what was going through his mind? Was he really like, oh, I'm, I just might forget the yeah. steps. And I think... so I need to write the steps down. Well, I think that it's, I think it was just like a brainstorming list of different That's ways to get rid of the body. Crazy. I don't, I don't just know brainstorm was... how to get, get rid of a body yeah. and write it down. Yeah. And you're going to forget about, you know, your different options. You're going to forget yeah. that like digging is an option. Right. Dig. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> you really had to write down dig. Dig. Yeah. Shovel and dig. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so throughout this time, Robert pretty much solely confided in his best friend, Susan Berman. And whether he killed Kathy or not, he told Susan everything all the time. She's the only person that Robert was ever truthful to, mm. in in my opinion. And, I would believe that. Yeah. Susan is the daughter of a well-known mobster who actually ruled gambling in Minneapolis during the Great Depression. Oh, I didn't know there was a Minneapolis connection. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah, and you know who better to help you get away with murder than someone who knows the ins and outs yeah. of the fucking mafia? Mobsters. Yeah, Your daughter. Yeah, allegedly the last person to talk to Kathy was a professor in her medical program who got a call from her the day after her disappearance, saying that she was sick and wouldn't make it to class. And you can do what you want with that information, but after. Probably more than 10 hours, maybe closer to 12 of research on this guy. I am fully convinced that Susan Berman made this phone call. Yeah. 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 I, I believe that yeah. as well. She would do anything for Robert. She was basically his PR person. You know, she yeah. advocates, advocates, <laughs> she advocates for him through, you know, her entire life and yeah. provides alibis. She's his partner in crime. I wouldn't. Know. I wouldn't completely rule out that it was Kathy. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about, you know, somebody who is abused, like, you... It's not like they're even able to, like, just scream out, help me. Yeah. You know, there there's yeah. a level of, like, I'm sure she was trying to save herself, maybe save her marriage, mm -hmm. also probably, you know, cared about Robert. So mm -hmm. it could have been her calling herself in yeah. despite knowing that she was in such a bad situation yeah 
It could be. It could be. It could be. I I, I, re- I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. But we don't, you know, we don't know exactly how much Susan knew about Kathy's disappearance, but she clearly knows enough to become a piggy bank and eventually a liability to Robert yeah. in the future. What a disappointment. Like, yeah. hoes before bros. Yeah. Come on. Women <laughs> yeah. support women. For real. Yeah. One of Susan's relatives claimed that uh, she told her that she helped Robert remain innocent in Kathy's disappearance. She wouldn't say to to what extent, though. So mm. that could mean she helped him get away with murder. That could mean she just tried to help reshape his public image. Mm. It could mean anything. But whatever it is, Susan kept it a secret from almost everybody. I would like to know more about Susan. Yeah. Not necessarily on this podcast, mm-hmm. but it is something that like I came out of you know, listening to this story being like, I want to know what her story yeah. was and how she got so involved and what her relationship with Robert was. Yeah. Would you help me get away with murder? Hmm. I'm going to say no, mm-hmm. because I think part of being a good friend is holding each other accountable. Yeah. Agreed. And unless it was like Elon Musk or <laughs> or maybe uh, the other guy was who's the other guy the other psychopath Jeff Bezos Jeff Bezos yeah. uh, you know then I might help you get away with it but yeah. see I'd like to say that but I'm really like unfortunately I'm just too empathetic of a person yeah. I don't believe in the you know death's death penalty death penalty yeah, I no matter how horrible somebody is it with ha- like a certain height of emotion I'll be like go die but (laughs) i would never i never really mean that yeah yeah me too i you know i think i'd be a great like character witness for you on the stand yeah but i don't think i could help you dispose of a body no if you accidentally kill someone you know i'll I'll bring that courtroom to tears just talking about my little buddy you know that's enough that's all i can really ask for yeah Okay. She's my little buddy. She's she my will little never kill buddy. Anybody. Yeah. <laughs> She's just a little buddy. I love that. Yeah. That's your entire testimony. Yeah. She's just a little buddy. <laughs> so after five days of Kathy being missing, Robert finally reports it. And an investigation ensues, but with no body and no leads or tangible evidence on Robert, the case goes cold and Robert moves on with his life. I don't understand investigations it's so beyond my area of expertise so i want to say that first but how could there be no leads yeah it's it's ridiculous but like nobody no crime is is how it goes a lot of times you know if if someone just disappears and you're right there's no blood there's no anything to point to this was definitely murder yeah yeah it's tough but get this man Eight years after her disappearance, he divorces Kathy, claiming spousal abandonment. What? That's disgusting. Fucking dickhead. Literally. Yeah. So what do you think, man? Did he, did he kill his wife? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely Easy think he peasy. did. Yeah. And I think Susan helped him get away with it. Mm-hmm. You know why I think she helped him get away with it, Mads? Why? Um, because, Madeline, on Christmas Eve of 2000... Susan Berman was found a shot in the back of the head, execution yep. style, in her home. I thought you were going to say, like, her reasoning. Nope. Nope. But you're saying your evidence for that she yep. helped him. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. thought, because I was curious. I was like, I would really like to know what her reasoning yeah. is. I would, know? too. Or the world would love to know that. And that's 
wifey ended up dead. Yeah. Yeah. But Christmas Eve, go listen to our Christmas murders episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't make it. Yeah, you should. <laughs> didn't you didn't include that one. I didn't. Not well, that was even pretty quick. The... What? Yeah. Bullet to bullet to the brain. Yep, yep. The Kathleen McCormick case was reopened two months prior to Susan's death, and Susan allegedly called Durst to tell him that she was being brought in for questioning. Durst fled mm. to Galveston, Texas, and rented an apartment under the name Dorothy Siner. And this is where. He starts his drag era. Yep. 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 He poses as an elderly woman who is conveniently mute and likes to travel a lot. <laughs> yeah. Also convenient. Yeah. He like truly committed to the bit of being an old mute woman for like up to a year. That travels a lot. That travels I will say a that lot. <laughs> being a mute woman that travels a lot are it, that's not an easy thing to be. <laughs> like <laughs> that's got to be tough. Like, truly. Truly. Yeah. But, you know, while he's out there inspiring George Santos, he's making a little trip to L.A. to visit Susan, who, with the reopening of a cold case, quickly went from best friend to loose end. Mm. She welcomed him into her home like you would any close friend, and Robert quickly, coldly fired a handgun into the back of her head as she was turned away, unaware of Durst's murderous intentions. Probably, like, his only confident at that point yeah. like his like i haven't heard of if he had any other close friends no but didn't. like one his wife like he got you know got rid of his mm -hmm. wife and then his other best friend like yeah there's that little trickle of empathy it's his own fault but mm -hmm. like he just became so alone like yeah. he's got nobody anymore well, like i said you know susan is the only person that i think robert was ever truly honest with yeah you know and i don't know how he how he could do that but yeah other than you know being mentally ill which mm -hmm. clearly and not just mentally ill obviously yeah. there's more to that but it's still just like a wild concept to have killed the two people that were closest to uh -huh. you that you could be honest with uh-huh truly so a few days later, before the police made the case public, the Beverly Hills Police Department received a letter containing the word cadaver and Susan's address with the word Beverly being misspelled with an extra E. So B-E-V-E-R-L-E-Y. Extra E in the end. Okay, I was picturing it as like... Beaverly. Either like Beaverly or like <laughs> Beverly, and I was yeah. really confused. I was like, "How could you do that?" Yeah, but that makes way more sense. Uh -huh. Ey at the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So remember that. Remember that misspelling there. You know, in both of our years of living in Beverly Hills, Mads, we never, we never, never misspelled, uh, misspelled it, and we should have. Yeah, we never. After watching that, yeah. dang, how did that not pop up as a as like a good idea? Yeah. Yeah. I'm we could have had our own little Easter egg. Right. Thankfully, we never never had to write a cadaver note for Beverly Hills. Right. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved, though, if, like, I don't know, like, at a Halloween party or something, like, somebody came over and noticed it and was like, ah, extra uh -huh. Ian Beverly, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, I'll, I'll do Robert Durst-themed for the next Halloween yeah. party. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't deserve that. No, Not doesn't. at all. No. <laughs> no, but this note had to be sent by the killer. It was postmarked for the day before the body was discovered, and the police hadn't publicly said anything about the murder yet, so only the killer would know about the murder at that point. I have a question. Did the note just say cadaver cadaver her address yeah okay that's it 
I wasn't it. sure if it was like there was a long note, but it mentioned cadaver, nope. and that was like the only thing highlighted, or if it really just said cadaver. Just said the one word. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the murderer wrote this letter. Robert Durst wrote this letter. But much like his likely murder of his wife, he was good at tr- covering his tracks in this case too, and is largely overlooked as a suspect. Wild. Ridiculous. Once again. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have to go back to Galveston with the elderly, mute, worldly, female Robert Durst (laughs) for a while, where he'll commit his final murderous act more than a decade before seeing anything remotely close to justice. I'm not going to lie. I I kind of like Dorothy. Like, (laughs) she's kind of iconic. Like you said, a worldly, mute, elderly woman. You go, Dorothy. I'd love to hang out with her. Other than the fact that it actually was Robert Durst. (laughs) Elderly, mute drag queen. Yeah, yeah. Loves to travel. Even better. (laughs) Even better. Yeah. Yeah. So on uh, September 30th, 2001, his final stretch for Robert Durst here, Mads. You know, this is a a time in history where Americans really needed a a relaxing hobby more than ever. September 2001. And a family... 9-11 times. Yep. Um, Yeah, so a family was fishing in Galveston Bay when they discovered a human torso floating in the water. Terrifying. Yeah, I can just imagine like a really angry father just just trying his hardest to relax and you know, don't think about 9/11, don't think about 9/11, We're just don't think go about on a 9/11. Nice fishing trip. Yeah, and a fucking torso floats by. Right. Yeah, he probably thought the world was ending. Oh god, this is you're in such a such a raw mindset after 9/11. Just a torso. Like my mom yeah. my mom thought that a nuclear bomb was heading for Plymouth, Minnesota after a fire truck drove by on September oh, damn. 12th. <laughs> damn. Like, we were so privileged to be like young yeah. too young to understand. Yeah. Uh cuz yeah, I had no concept of of what had happened. Yeah. Me neither. I'm I mean, not going to lie, I like have that's one of my like not invalid fears, uh, irrational. Irrational. Yeah. Well, and you know, to a, a very small point of being a, a little bit rational. Uh-huh. But my irrational fear is when I go paddleboarding. That yeah. one of these times, because sometimes I do like to go on like, you know, the lakes or the ponds where there's nobody else mm-hmm. there. They're a little bit more weedy. And yeah. I'm like that's probably where the a body would yeah. be dumped. And but... I'm just like, what would I do if a body? Just like floated up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was two bodies found in Bademaka Scott last that's year. That's right. I think that's yeah. also what made me think of that. And uh-huh. which is why it's slightly rational. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So police search the bay and find the severed arms and legs of a man floating in garbage bags. But they never find the victim's head. Oddly you, enough. You know, when you said this guy was stupid like wow there's something about robert durst that makes me truly believe he wants to get caught because oh, yeah. it, he, it, it gets or he, it gets more ridiculous from here how much it seems like he wants to get caught or he has such like an in, entitled or like superiority complex that he's like well yeah i can totally just like put the pieces into garbage bags that also have my own mail mm-hmm. toss them in the river yes. and like it'll be totally fine <laughs> that's right yeah there was <laughs> yeah, a fucking yeah sorry to mail. spoil it but no like... that's i mean that was <laughs> what a my next point 
Yeah, they find a it's a newspaper marked with the address of Durst's apartment complex. Mm-hmm. So yeah, great job, Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. The the cops get a search warrant from the place and find blood under the floor tiles in the apartment of a man named Morris Black, who police identify as the headless corpse. There is a haphazardly cleaned up trail of blood that goes out of Black's door and into the unit of his next door neighbor. One Dorothy Siner. Also very stupid or yeah. wanted to get caught. Yeah, you can't really clean blood up the way you, you used to be able to. You know, like even if you Wait, use <laughs> Well like even if you use bleach, then there's just Oh, like, in bleach terms of like forensic we sciences. Have much better have, technology. Yeah. You can okay. like you can clean it up and you can't see it, but there's still gonna be oh, yeah. you know, residue there. I do yeah, I picture that scene like very dramatically of them like finding the trail and then noticing it it goes under what was it under the floor uh, it was yeah underneath under the, the underneath the, the tiles in the kitchen and then them like slowly peeling it up and uh-huh. just being like revealing all of yep. the blood yep Ugh, yeah so after asking around about this mute deaf woman who travels all the time police <laughs> pretty quickly put the pieces together and realized that dorothy signer is robert durst and he is very quickly arrested. In his car, cops find a handgun and a bow saw, which are the murder weapons and disembowel... And dis- Disembowelment. <laughs> and, and, I don't uh, think that's the right word. <laughs> Wait a minute. Dis- uh, dismemberment tools, yep. respectively. But Robert paid his $250,000 bail. They, so they, frustrating. They told him what his bail was and asked if he had, if he could make that bail. And, and he said, he huh. said. Well, I don't have it on me, right? but thanks to Susan Berman, he was able to get it wired and and paid his bail, and he immediately goes on the run. Stupid. Uh, Yeah. I hate the concept or just like thinking about the fact that somebody could have been, is arrested for murder, Yeah. pays bail, out on the street, Yep. good to go. A, uh, A crime where the punishment is... Money is only a crime to certain people. Yeah. You know? Mm, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he misses a court date and the police wind up going on a six week manhunt for him. And at this point, this is where I get into Durst is definitely trying to get caught. <laughs> this is such a ridiculous part of this story. Mm-hmm. He gets arrested in Pennsylvania after shoplifting a chicken salad sandwich from a bodega. Mm-hmm. Really stupid, right? But it gets stupider. He was stealing. A $6 sandwich, while he has no less than $500 cash in his pocket, Mm -hmm. and another $37,000 in his car. Yeah, my (laughs) thought was, like, was he dumb enough to think that, like, if he did pay for it, he would, like, there would be, like, a trail? Maybe. Or is this, again, his superiority complex of just, like, I'm just going to take it. He's like Trump. You know? He's like, fuck no, it. I, I can get away with anything. Literally. Yeah. I mean, like, which he, at that point, he kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. He got, I mean, he went from being able to kill his wife and best yeah. friend and get away with it to getting caught shoplifting a fucking sandwich. Right. And, and he's carrying around the ID of the man he just, like, just butchered. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So now that he's considered a flight risk, he spends the next two years in jail awaiting trial for Morris Black's murder in 2003. Durst doesn't deny killing or dismembering Black. His defense is so crazy. He doesn't mm-hmm. deny killing or dismembering him. And 
his legal team claims that Durst killed him in self-defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he claimed that he came home to find Morris watching TV in his living room. And when he asked Black to leave, he pulled out Robert's twenty-two pistol and threatened him with it. The two got into a struggle. The gun went off. Morris was killed. And Robert, in fear that he would never be able to prove self-defense, dismembered the body with a bow saw and a paring knife. I think the dismembering of the body is all you need. Yeah. There is no way that that was an accidental death Mm -hmm. if he dismembered. I just, that's psychopathy at its finest. Like, you're dismembering a body, you're, I don't know, I almost want that to be like a direct line to like, you're a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any other like accidental deaths where they've dismembered the body afterwards. Well, and you know, this defense fucking worked he was charged with which is the, he was convicted of the dismemberment horrifying but yeah yeah he he pled guilty to uh jumping bail and evidence tampering for the dismemberment mm. but yeah he was acquitted of murder due to a lack of forensic evidence that's what the charges for dismembering is tampering uh, with evidence. yeah yep <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean the head not being found really fucked with this case like yeah that's right his head because you know if you're being strangled or something you can tell that in the the blood vessels in the eyes you can tell a lot about cause of death yeah they lost a lot of that evidence and without that yeah he was able to skirt by he's sentenced to five years with credit for time served so Mm -hmm. he's only in prison for another three years after this murder how how did he not get more time based on the fact that he fleed. Well, he, fled, that was part fled. of it. That was part of it. Jumping bail was part of that five year oh, sentence. Oh, that's what that means. Yep. And he got five years. Yeah. Hmm. With credit for time served. Yeah. And here's another dumb shit thing he did. When he was paroled, he wasn't allowed to travel far from home, but just so happened to run into the judge who yeah. presided over his trial at a mall way out of town so he went back to prison for another year (laughs) another thing that the minuscule chance that that happens in real life and it happened it's like the the meme from umbrella academy with elliot page Mm -hmm. driving by in the Mm -hmm. car and they're making eye contact Mm -hmm. yeah yeah honestly like up until this point robert's like a guy in a in a looney tunes cartoon who's like walking through the construction site whistling and there's like big girders swinging by that are just barely missing him yeah yeah he's doing the the worst shit in the dumbest way possible and he just keeps coming out the other end Mm -hmm. unscathed Mm -hmm. and uh, it almost worked again it almost worked again until he truly fucked himself so we'll fast forward to 2010 with the film All Good Things. It's a story based on Kathy McCormick's disappearance and in one of the most unrealistic casting choices in Hollywood history, <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Oh god. Plays Robert Durst. And oh god. Yeah, I only watched a little bit of this. I really couldn't stand it. It's not great, but And this is another instance of what do they like glorifying? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
yeah beautifying beautifying yeah Yeah. putting Mm -hmm. the putting the hollywood paint Mm -hmm. on everything but yeah it's like um it's it's as bad as matt damon playing general or colonel leslie groves and oppenheimer but Mm. yeah this is a murder and you're getting you're getting ryan gosling to play him but anyways robert sees this movie and is you know understandably thrilled with ryan gosling's gosling's depiction of him i would <laughs> i would be too you know it's ryan gosling I wonder if he was like yeah yeah he does look like me <laughs> probably, like, probably. Like that superiority complex yeah. i'm sure was just like yeah oh i could see blowing that up. yeah so yeah durst reaches out to the director andrew jarecki and asks if he can do an interview so that people can hear his side of the story and Jarecki does a pretty good job of holding back his excitement about mm. this and agrees to it. And they record over 20 hours of interviews, which ends up being made into the jinx. I want to say that, like, recognize your privilege as a man, people that mm-hmm. are men. Mm-hmm. And like, because a woman would never be I would never get a call from somebody that I'm like 99% sure is a murderer that I just did a movie on and be excited that they asked to meet with me. I would be terrified. I would be pooping my pants and I would not do it. I wouldn't be like, oh, this is a little dangerous, but I'm going to get a lot out of it. So I'm going to do it anyways. Definitely. Yeah. Hell no. It's like, yeah, people who do, uh, who are interviewing, you know, murderers in jail and people interview people like John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy and are just like willing to sit in a room with this person and, you know, shake their hand that's, that's strangled 30 young boys. Any, any like women that do that, like have the biggest balls yeah i would bring i I would at least bring a whole crew like i'm not doing it alone yeah definitely yeah so yeah durst is just like so creepy and gross in this like i said he's he's burping like rick and rick and morty and he's blinking really strange so like killer or not you don't you don't want to get stuck talking to this guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) truly um it's a it's a pretty strange mix of him admitting to lying while still lying about so many things he's yep. just really cherry picking you know what he's admitting to lying about and what he isn't mm-hmm. and at one point Jarecki receives a letter that durst had written to susan berman in 1999 and wouldn't you know it mads mm-hmm. not only does the handwriting perfectly match the cadaver note mm-hmm. beverly is misspelled the exact same way and doesn't he doesn't he just he like admits it but he's just like yeah. So, but it still wasn't me. Like, isn't right? Just like, yeah. Robert agrees <laughs> that that he wrote this letter to Susan, but not the cadaver note. But when Jarecki presents Robert with both envelopes, he couldn't for sure say which one was the cadaver note and which one was the regular letter. Right. Yeah. They got. But him. that doesn't mean he did it. We're so close. I almost got him. Yeah. Just, we need one more nail in Robert Durst's yep. coffin, mm-hmm. and he gives it to us on a silver fucking platter, Mads. I know. He goes to the bathroom after getting busted with this note, and whether it was intentional or not, his mic was left on. And Durst can be heard confessing his murders to himself, saying, There it is. You're caught. You're right, of course. But you can't imagine. Arrest him. I don't know what's in the house. This is a disaster. He was right. I was wrong. And the burping. I'm having difficulty with the questions. And here it is, folks, the cherry on top of the Robert Durst 
story. Yeah, if if you couldn't hear that well enough, he said to himself, what the hell did I do? Killed them all, of course. I also like, I don't know, it's spooky, it's disgusting and, and all that, but it also kind of reminds me of like Gollum. Like mm. he's doing like a, like he's got two voices in his head. He's yeah. like talking about himself, but saying like you. Yeah. It, yeah. So... Uh, so it, psychopathy yeah. so like planning out what he's gonna say you know like i i'm i'm having difficulty with the question I yeah don't, i don't know what's in the house like oh god it's so chilling and it's yeah. just like finally something comes out of robert durst's mouth that isn't a lie or a and this guy has just been so in his own head yeah this whole time yeah he's kept all of these secrets to himself and no wonder he's talking to himself yeah as like multiple people because yeah. oh my god that's all he has yeah right oh my god so the documentary makers sat on this audio for two years mm -hmm. before discovering it yeah they had it what for two years before. oh i didn't know that and dude can you imagine the fucking audio engineer like who... they were just like casually editing it and they're yeah. like oh fuck yeah dude i could just can imagine that audio engineer fucking like taking his headphones off being like holy shit this is Maybe yeah. the, the most impact a, a documentary has had on a murder case. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when they when they come across the audio, they very quickly turn it over to the police who arrested Durst in 2015 while he was planning to escape to Cuba before the doc came out. He he realized he fucked himself and he was getting everything ready to, mm. to bail to Cuba. <laughs> and he was finally finally charged with first degree murder for the slaying of Susan Berman. And wow. this time they got him for good. Yeah, he was denied bail and convicted in 2017 and unfortunately would only serve another five years because his body was failing him in more ways than are worth mentioning, mm -hmm. all made worse by contracting COVID. And no way. I didn't know he got COVID. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's wow. the, yeah, yeah, COVID took one of the bad ones. You I know? don't believe in the death penalty, but also he deserved it. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish he would have rotted in prison for a while longer. Yeah. But hey, I mean, I, I wish COVID would only go after the bad guys. You I know, mean, it, it did something good in this situation. I do think the most disappointing part of this story is that what the first murder happened in, what was it, 82? Yeah, 1982. And he wasn't like fully convicted until 2017 yeah he lived his whole fucking life it's it's ridiculous yeah it's so i mean if you're gonna get caught for something you did like might as well get caught when you're like 90 mm -hmm. yeah no kidding about to die so it's not even like he got like there was no justice uh-huh yeah and yeah just fucking hearing him on the stand you can you can tell he's about to die yeah i'm having difficulty with the question Ugh. like he's just not doing well mm -hmm. but yeah that's the life and deaths of robert durst mads mm. what do you what do you think what's your takeaway from old bobby 
What is my takeaway? I hate all men. No. <laughs> um, it is wild what rich... I mean, this is not even like a like a bold statement or a statement that people don't already know, but I'll say it anyways. Like, it is just beyond disgusting what rich old white men can get away with. Yeah. Not even old. What rich yeah. white men can get away with. No matter how much of a psychopath they are, no matter mm-hmm. how much they throughout their lives, how much evidence there is that they're they mm-hmm. are a psychopath. Mm-hmm. And they're still just out here. They're still just out there doing it. They're Fun. still just yeah, being a part of functioning society in, in, in a lot of ways. How? Yeah, it's Ridiculous. just he's an absolute piece of human garbage, mm-hmm. and I feel so sad for Kathy's family. Like mm, I exactly, I can't. Can you imagine like the feeling of every day going by? There's a less and less chance of your loved one coming home. I also want to say that they probably know that he did it. Yeah, like absolutely. if I were Kathy's family, I'd be like, I absolutely like know that it was him and just to again like for years and years and years just get no like confirmation no like he doesn't get punished yeah like she's still gone yeah that's terrible it's so sad he he ruined so many people's lives maybe uh, yeah ruining their lives maybe giving him too much credit yeah but that's he not certainly even, like, made them enough word yeah made them a lot worse and he killed the people closest to him, and the only thing he could ever pretend to care about was himself. Yeah. You know, what a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. All right. Mads, do we need a palate cleanser between our two topics today? Yeah, I would okay. love that. All right. Here we go. Here's something to cheer you up between <laughs> murders. Okay. Captain Crunch's full name is Horatio Magellan Crunch. Oh, that's fun. Is that fun? Is that a real, was that a real person? Good question. Fact, <laughs> fact check next fact week. Check. Yeah. Like, I want to know, yeah, like, did they come up with this whole character as Captain Crunch or was it based on a real person? Yeah. Or we'll find does out. Does he have a backstory? Is there lore? We'll find out. Tune in next week. Okay. Was that enough or you need one, you need one more? Um, I need at least one more. All right. Baby elephants suck on their trunk like baby humans suck on their thumbs. Oh. Yeah. Well, oh, that, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Are we happy again? Yeah, I think so. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to some horrible corruption and, and murder. At least there's like, in this world, there are Robert Durst, but there are also baby elephants. There are also baby that... elephants. <laughs> That's what keeps me going. Always remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mads, it's time to dial M for Murdoch. Nice. <gasps> True crime noise. <laughs> True crime noise. Meds, you read up uh, on the Murdochs a little bit in prep for this. How would you, just in a few words, describe this family as a whole? Kind of similar to the Durst, I guess. Like, just well-known in their community for Mm -hmm. uh, being prosecutors, I believe. Yep. Wealthy in Mm -hmm. very much in comparison to the rest of the community. Yeah. So also known for that. Had been very involved in government affairs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well, so yeah, you know, has quite a bit of a leg up. Yeah, in that. Yeah, private law firms and and working for a district attorney's office mm-hmm. and everything. But um, off the top of your head, how many deaths do you think are connected to this family? Oh, that we're going to cover today. Oh, I had no idea that that there were more deaths. It's more than Robert Durst. Oh wow, like seventeen. Not that many. Oh, okay. Well, it, I, honestly, 
Probably. I wouldn't be be surprised if it was that many. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, as of February of 2024, no less than five uh, deaths that are directly attributed to the Murdoch family. And Mm. each is more horrific than the last. Oh, God. So let's get into it. The Murdoch family has been both, you know, powerful and prominent. Um, They're a dynasty, really, Mm -hmm. um, on this, you know, coastal side of South Carolina for almost a century now. But I I think the rug is finally being pulled out from under these pieces of shit. As much as as the rug can be pulled. Yes, the damage is already done, but, um, but we're finally getting to see something vaguely resembling justice. Yeah. We'll see, but... I'm trying to think of different ways to describe these guys. Like, I feel like I've said pieces of shit like 50 times by now, but it really is the best way to describe the people we're covering. You gotta look up the like Shakespearean (laughs) insults and go with one of those. (laughs) I can't think of any off the top of my head. No, me neither. Me neither. It's been a minute since I've read Shakespeare. Yeah. But I'm gonna go ahead and say here, Mads, Alex Murdoch is a bigger piece of shit than Robert Durst is. Okay. I think it's pretty neck and neck, but. You know, I think See, I feel like what the podcast that I listened to was so much about the investigation that I really just thought of him. I've been thinking of him as just kind of the plain old murderer. Not. Uh, and so, like, yeah. my view of Robert Durst has definitely been like, well, that guy's a piece yeah. of trash. And I'll, obviously, this guy's a piece of trash. Too. Yeah. We'll get into what Alex Murdoch was was like. Um I okay. wouldn't. I wouldn't call him a generic killer. That's whatsoever. yeah. I think that was um, kind of my view, just I think, because I listened to a more generic yeah, version of his story. There's, there's a lot of killers like him. There's a lot of family annihilators like him. Yeah, I think that. Oh, that's um, a good word. Yeah, was Not it a good word? Um, but an accurate. Chris, was it Chris Watts that um, dumped his? I don't want to talk daughter. about him. Yeah, he, sorry. he is probably. Oh my God, I could not. So I remember. Like turning that documentary on. You and I watched that together. Did I we? Think. Yeah. Because I remember watching it on my own, actually. Mm. So maybe I watched it first on my own. Because yeah. I remember it being one of those days that I was like, hmm, what do I want to watch? And mm-hmm. the typical things, it's like, I either want to watch like a crime documentary or a yeah. horror movie. And I thought it was going to be a crime documentary where, you know, there's like twists and turns and like mm-hmm. they get justice and blah, blah, blah. And it was literally just devastation the entire time yeah absolute devastation i think it's safe to say that we will never be covering that on late night lobotomies no i I don't really have any interest in in uh child murder no Um, it's one of the worst stories yeah this episode is is dark enough and like thankfully we just did dog heroes and yeah we'll have fact checks so we're gonna sandwich this between you know much more uplifting stuff we can't get this dark too often and and i don't think we can go chris watts dark ever yeah Um, let's not let's not we're talking alex murdoch so this family dynasty started in 1920 when randolph murdoch was elected as circuit solicitor of south carolina's 14th judicial district which covers five counties Hmm. um circuit solicitor is basically lead prosecutor i'm glad you said Um, that because i had no idea yeah for the state or for the county um from 1920 until 2006 maddie a murdoch held that position hmm. yeah locals call the five counties murdoch country hmm. um, because these dickheads controlled local courts for 86 years terrible ridiculous terrible. yeah and then the family is also run 
a law firm since 1910 that has just gotten bigger and bigger and more powerful as time has gone on too. That's another one. Okay, so there's like the real estate billionaires and then there's the, uh, and there's the attorney yeah. billionaires and both of them are very telling as to how, what's the word, how, not corrupt, but like how advantageous they are, like yeah. how they take advantage of people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They they really see where they can weasel their way into power. Power and, and money. I'd argue yeah. that the Murdoch family has more power than the Durst family even did. Well, you yeah. Know, the Durst too... family owned buildings, but these guys control the courts. Well, and it's a different community, right? So yeah. like... It's a small community. The Durst family was in New York. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more wealth just in general and other yeah. powers in general in New York, whereas... As I understood it, this community was pretty low income. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to them and in general, I'd say. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's it's like, you know, kind of a, a boating community. I'd say it's middle class. Okay. more, um, But still just like more yeah. Yeah, working class. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I think it's probably safe to say maybe like 10% of New Yorkers knew about the Durst organization, mm -hmm. but just about everybody in this in this community knew about the Murdochs. It's mm -hmm. called Murdoch country, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, for for good reasons. So so we start with Randolph Sr., then Randolph Jr., then Randolph the Third, <laughs> and then we get to Alex Murdoch, who's at the center of all of the shady shit surrounding the family today. Mm. Yeah, he's the first Murdoch man since his great grandpa, who wasn't a lawyer for the state, mm. um, but he still worked with the family law firm, which was like I said, just as powerful and influential as, as you would imagine. Mm -hmm. By the way, everybody, including Alex, flip-flops between Alec and Alex. I've noticed that. Yeah, so you might hear me use both in this. How is it spelled officially? That also goes back and forth. Really? Like I, on Wikipedia? I've, too? I've like... seen it's mostly spelled Alex. Like with an X at Yeah, the but I have seen it's spelled Alec and pronounced it, but well, it's just Mur so dumb. Like, Murdoch, too, is some people say Murdoch. Some people say Murdoch. Yeah, sometimes it has an A, sometimes Murdoch, it has an O. Murdoch, Murdoch, Murdoch. It's not yeah. like he deserves to have his yeah. name no. pronounced correctly anyway. And so. I think, like, part of me wonders that if that's him trying to, like, like not have his name autofill to Alex Murdoch murder when you type it into yeah. Google, but... Eh, I feel like... Nah. I don't know, man. I yeah, don't know. I don't put that much effort in. Yeah, I don't but... know why these rich people do what they do. But <laughs> Alex is the current patriarch of the family. He is 54 at the time of this recording. And he kind of looks like if Conan O'Brien cut his hair, pounded a handle of vodka and got stung by a bunch of bees. Mm. Yeah, he's got a very pink head. <laughs> very, very large pink head. I don't mm. know what color most of our lobotomites penises are. Most. Um, but Alex's well, mine is purple. <laughs> Alex's face is definitely the same skin tone as the tip of my pee, pee Yeah, I will say I also have a very pink skin tone. Not super happy with it, but I've come to accept it. Yeah, yeah, that's a mean thing to say about our skin tones and our pee. -pees. But I'm not offended. But I'm not offended. So yeah, he he looks like a dick, and he is a dick. Like if his head were a penis. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we also have Alex's wife, Maggie Murdoch, and his two sons, Buster and Paul, who are also shitty people. 
Yeah, Lo and big behold, surprise. Yeah, to quote Jim Leahy from Trailer Park Boys, the shit <laughs> apple doesn't fall far from the shit tree. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, family has multiple estates, too. Their main one in South Carolina is like a fucking campus, though. Mm-hmm. There's there's uh, a couple of residencies. There's dog kennels. I I assume horses. Um, the there's dog a hunting kennels shack. weird me out. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they bred dogs. What looked like... Um, the blue blue setters oh, or whatever mm-hmm. beautiful dogs yeah but... but yeah this place is huge mm. um so i'm not gonna bore y'all with going through their whole family history just know that it's full of judicial corruption and backroom deals and cover you would expect and, yeah a real gotham city district attorney's office <laughs> shit nice you know but we're gonna jump to 2015 with the mysterious death of Stephen Smith, a 19-year-old nursing student who was found laying dead in the middle of the road close to the Murdoch's estate. Hmm. Yeah, this um, this is a really strange case. It was originally declared a hit and run, but when the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, aka SLED, I'm gonna bring up SLED a couple of times, um, when they were looking into a different murder case that I will get to in a second. They found evidence that made them reopen this case. And at the time of this recording, we still don't know exactly what that evidence is. But when mm. we uh, when we find out, we'll be sure to do an update for y'all. Uh, Stephen died of blunt force trauma to the head, but hmm. there weren't any injuries anywhere else on his body. Sled found no vehicle debris, skid marks, or just straight up no injuries consistent with someone being struck by a vehicle. I was going to say, that doesn't quite sound like a hit and run unless he, like, leaned his head forward to, like, Like, stuck it out into the middle of the road. Right, bang on the the vehicle, which is probably unlikely. Yeah, it doesn't quite add up. They were just able, like, a couple of years ago to, um, his, Stephen Smith's family was really poor it still is and mm. um they were just a couple of years ago finally able to um get enough money via donations for a headstone mm. for him so he hasn't he hadn't had a headstone for years Devastating. steven was openly gay and there were rumors circulating that he was in a relationship with his classmate one buster <gasps> murdoch i didn't know any of this yeah. juice yeah his uh his family raised over eighty seven thousand dollars for a private autopsy of steven's exhumed body and hopefully one of these days we'll get a, a clear answer on the cause of steven's death we fucking better yeah i was gonna ask you if you have any theories but uh, <laughs> I, I don't, don't know i feel like let's just take a moment to to honor Steven, because yeah, that's so Smith. sad and his yeah. family yeah really heartbreaking yeah yeah my theory so the murdochs really put the south in south carolina you know like yeah. they they don't exactly strike me as the most accepting family when it comes to us gays sure um so my theory is that buster murdoch was in some form of relationship with steven and maybe alex found out and maybe killed him or also, I, th- I think what's more likely in my mind is that Buster killed him and Alex helped cover it up. Really? Um, well, I could see it being too like a family reputation thing yeah. of like, oh, like if this relationship gets out, it's going to change. Right. Change your reputation. So I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A, a murderer. Mm-hmm. But those are just personal theories we right. always got to be careful talking shit about powerful lawyers <laughs> oh god <laughs> into a microphone you know but 
But Mads, you're you're hip to true crime. I'm sure that you know that so many young gay men get killed by someone they're involved with. Yeah, and that's someone... why I almost would rather just like honor his life yeah. at that point. Like, yeah, people just like feel so, so ashamed of like what they've done or how yeah. they feel or who they are that the only way to make sure their homosexuality stays secret is to kill the people that mm -hmm. th that know yeah and i mean this is how a lot of serial killers get their start that's truly. true it starts with a rape and they murder to cover it up and they find that that gave them the biggest thrill of their life john yeah. wayne john wayne gacy for example his version of staying in the closet involved the murder of just about every boy that he had sex with or raped i think we had a discussion one time about like if some of these serial killers had been introduced to you know just the like a city yeah. gay community yeah. and was like accepted like john wayne gacy could have thrived in san have, francisco yeah would that have like would they just have been so much better off yeah i mean like i, Obviously I don't that's I don't, like there's way more complications right to it, so right i don't think that it would not make them still an asshole but right. maybe they wouldn't feel the need to kill anybody that knows their their yeah. dirty little secret which just goes to show like how how crucial it is for our society our society to accept and embrace queer people yeah i think that is me being very hopeful of just like all we need is love and acceptance you know yeah. like <laughs> yeah like i said that's not obviously gonna there's more there. to it but <laughs> yeah gay people can be dickheads too yeah you know but um hopefully that is a, a trend that um sticks around sticks around that yeah we just keep getting more and more accepting of of queer people but all right mads mysterious death number two mm -hmm. we're jumping forward three years to 2018 with the death of the murdoch's longtime housekeeper gloria satterfield no yeah this the poor woman gets brushed under the rug even more than steven does yep because, i had no idea um yeah believe it or not shit continues to get crazier and crazier in this family that that this death is just a you know um um a cliff note in yeah, the, in how the come whole story. I? How come in the podcast I listened to, they didn't at least mention like, oh, and there were other murders. Like I only yeah. heard about, yeah, the big one because there's which so obviously much. I shouldn't even say the big one. They're all big. They're all yeah, equally but the, important. The the real headliney ones. There we go. Yeah, like Stephen Smith sled reopened or actually just opened for the first time a, a criminal investigation into Gloria's death during the investigation of murders that i'm i'm so close to talking about it's almost here <laughs> so close. It's Be coming. yeah gloria was 57 years old and had been working for the murdochs for over 20 years when she reportedly tripped and fell up a flight of eight brick stairs oh in the murdoch home god you're yeah. telling me she was pushed down the stairs she fell up eight stairs apparently um yeah there's been stories alec at one time said that the dogs tripped her and then later rescinded that statement alex's wife maggie and and his son paul were both home at the time and maggie made the 911 call after supposedly finding gloria at the bottom of the stairs bleeding and barely conscious mm. um i'm gonna play a clip from that 911 call here Unfortunately, most people don't make 911 calls from a podcast studio, so the audio might be a little <laughs> sharp here. But let's take a listen. She's on the Is she conscious? Uh, no, not really. Is she awake at all? Yes. Okay. 
she's not like responding appropriately, but she is awake. <laughs> Man, she's not. No, she's not responding. Okay, I just I, I've already got them on the way. Me asking questions does not slow them down, man. Knowing if she's conscious is one of the things that the medic needs to know if she's responding really. at all to you. No. Okay, so she's not responsive at all. Well, I mean, she's mumbling. Okay, so she is somewhat conscious. All right. Uh... What do you? What stands out? Uh, to you about Maggie on this call? Uh, pretty, like, pretty chill, just kind of like, you know, not frantic, mm -hmm. not very um, conscious of, like, I need to make sure that I'm telling them exactly what's going on so that they know yeah. what's going on so that they can help this woman who's dying on my floor. Yeah, yeah she's, she's, she's fucking cold. Like, yeah. she seems so inconvenienced almost like literally that's how i sound when i'm doing a million things and i realize i still have to do the dishes yeah you know yeah she found her housekeeper who she's known for 20 fucking years yeah. who watched both of her sons grow up bleeding from her head barely conscious at the bottom of the stairs and and she sounds like she's taking your order at the burger king drive through yeah you know it's i just... think i don't even have to know the person if they fell down my stairs right? and they're bleeding I'm going to be frantic. Yeah, it just it says so much about the Murdochs. They don't give a fuck about anybody. Right. Anybody. I I honestly I I don't know if I have a strong stance either way on if there's foul play involved here. There probably was, but even if there wasn't, like yeah, her reaction right. was foul play in itself. Right. Yeah, let's let's assume that there wasn't for a sec. You've known this woman 20 years. She helped raise your kids. She dies and you don't feel or is about to die and right. you don't feel anything. You should like she deserves to have Maggie be somewhat more frantic on the phone. Yeah, like, she deserves to acting be acting like she cares more about the EMTs getting there so yeah. that she can survive like yeah. anything. Yeah, she she should have been treated like family, yeah. or at least a friend. But absolutely, the Murdochs didn't see Gloria as family, and they didn't see her as a friend. They they saw her as a piece of the fucking house. Mm. You know, like she was a vacuum cleaner or a dishwasher or a, a fucking mop bucket that broke. Mm -hmm. And that's how the Murdoch family views people, especially people beneath them. Yeah, or they they see as beneath. Yeah, them, for sure. Which is just about everybody. Mm -hmm. you know? I'd cry if my weed dealer died, dude. No, like... really. That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't... It ha It could be a totally random person. It could be... I was going to say it could be Elon Musk, but I don't know if I'd go that far. But, like, it really could be somebody that I know is, like, not even a very good person. Mm -hmm. And I would still be like, come save this person. Yeah. Like, please come hurry. Yeah. Here's what's going on come hurry as fast as possible yeah. and save this person. I would probably even, like, I would say I'd probably try to save the person. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. Get her bandaged up or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just so yucky. Mm -hmm. It's so yucky. And I hate them. They probably never asked Gloria a single fucking question about her life. They probably knew nothing about this woman because they didn't give a, a single shit about her. Yeah. Clearly. But 
Maggie eventually gets fed up with the 911 operators and, um, you know, just all of the questions that, you know, like the woman said, like, police are on their way. Me asking you questions doesn't slow yeah, that process down. I'm kind of happy with the operator and her giving yeah. the sass back of like, excuse me, what is and your problem, lady? Like, yeah. Um, another 911 operator will end up delivering that same line to uh, Alex Murdoch later. Really? Um, yeah. Th- that 911 call is a little bit long. I don't know if I'll play all okay. of that. But, That's fair. Um, but yeah, on two instances, uh, 911 operator- operators had to... Tell the Murdoch family that stop being entitled. Stop being entitled. Let me ask these questions. Someone is this dead. This is a life this or death situation, important. if not just a death yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time police get there, Gloria is past the point of recovery mm. and she dies days later in the hospital. Aww. Her death was never reported to the coroner. What? An autopsy is never performed. Gloria is buried and Alex tells her family to file an insurance claim on his policy so they could get what amounts to $4.3 million. But guess who ends up with that Nuh-uh. $4.3 million? Nuh-uh. No. Alex fucking Murdoch. No. He kept $4.3 million from a grieving family, and he wouldn't cough that up until he was sued for it in 2021. Oh, and just a couple of months ago, Mads, in 2023, November of 2023, Alex pled guilty to embezzling the money and paid out the four point three million to the family and was sentenced to 27 years in prison. But not to get too far ahead of ourselves, Alex was already going to be serving those 27 years. Mm. Um but yeah, and that's unfortunately as far as Gloria's story goes for now. Sled got her family's permission to exhume her body in 2022, and that case is still ongoing. So hopefully we have an update for you on that one oh, soon, too. I hope the family gets yeah everything and more. You think it was murder? I don't know. That one, I don't know. I don't know either. It could have been... Maybe not exactly like an intentional murder, but it could have just been like, wh- like what would it be? Not neglect, but like something just like careless. Like yeah. you said, like, oh, it's just kind of an inconvenience. They don't really mm-hmm. care about her safety and whatever. Yeah. And like, it just really happened to go south and mm-hmm. they just didn't take any responsibility or accountability for it. Yeah. I don't even know if like it being murder can make it any worse in this no. case like it's if even if it is an accident the way that it was handled and that 4.3 million is mm-hmm. just yeah and but like i don't want to give the murdochs the benefit of the doubt so like i guess i'll lean on the side of foul play mm-hmm. you know if well, i was a gambler did they, how did do you know how they got the money how did that work out um how the murdochs yeah got it uh because the family filed that claim through Alex Murdoch's life insurance policy. I don't so quite he got life the money. Yeah, life insurance oh, when I it suppose. comes to when it comes to rich people gets really mucky in how it works and who you can have policies on and and who gets money because where. Because she worked for him. Yeah, yeah something, something I don't to know that about. Extent. So, it's, yeah, yeah. Not, okay. not worth getting into, but he stole money from a grieving family, for sure. you know. 
But those are our two mysterious deaths, Mads. Things are a little bit more cut and dry from here, unfortunately. I would say those ones aren't even that mysterious. Yeah. But in terms of who... No one's been convicted of of right. those murders. That's the mystery. Yeah, yeah. if they were murders. but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the mystery is more like how they happened mm-hmm. rather than like who did it and yeah. <laughs> stuff like yeah. that. Who was involved. Yeah. So this, this gets pretty dark and gloomy going on from here as if it hasn't been already. I was going to say, but, yeah. But um, just remember Captain Crunch's first name, Horatio. Horatio. Just remember that. Keep yeah. you happy. So we're going to jump ahead to 2019 mm-hmm. with Paul Murdoch, the youngest son. What's his deal? Huh? He's 19. He's got uh, a girlfriend, but only because he's rich. He's <laughs> got friends, but only because he's rich. He's the definition of a spoiled brat. What? He's... You're telling me he wasn't like a like a, a fun, nice guy <laughs> a real with a great personality? Yeah. <laughs> a real respectable young man. Yeah. No, he's a real piece of shit. And yeah. um, he's got a very well-known drinking problem to the point that his friends shudder at the name Timmy. Is Paul's reckless drunk alter ego. Oh, I was like, why are they yes. shuddering at the name Timmy? <laughs> that's, that's Paul when he's drunk. And when I say well known, I mean well known. Yeah. His family knew it, his friends knew it. And listen, I'm a sober alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I was a rec- recklessly drunk 19 year old, out of control, some might say. Mm-hmm. But I have good parents yeah. who put me in rehab and drove me to AA meetings. And we're as worried about their reputation or yeah you know yep their family family name uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah paul murdoch though has bad parents who just enable like it's going out of style maddie mm-hmm. who give him free reign to do whatever he wants who buy him booze who let him use his brother's id to buy booze with their money who let him drive drunk and mm-hmm. who let him drive other people's kids drunk Paul's a shitty person, but every alcoholic has a chance, and his parents stripped him of that chance like, at every fucking turn. This is not a question that I want an answer to, necessarily, but mm-hmm. why Why do you have kids if you're not going to take care of them? Someone has to take over the family business, going 100 years strong in this family business in South Carolina. Boy. Yeah, gotta have an heir. Have to have an heir. <sighs> so on February 23rd of 2019, almost my birthday. Um, <laughs> I wonder if this episode Wait, comes when was out. It? February what? 23rd. I have so many cousins that have birthdays in February. Yeah. I bet you one of them has a has a birthday on the. 23rd. You and I both, if we pulled every February birthday that we know together, it'd yeah. probably amount to like 20 people. <laughs> and like there would be a birthday on every day. Yeah, February. probably. <laughs> I know. I have one that's on the 21st. Mm-hmm. And then you and my mom have the same on the 25th. Yep. yep. So I don't know about the 23rd, but uh, I was somebody. Just, just talking to Marku about how much I love your mom. <laughs> shouts out. Speaking of my mom. Shouts out Kristen. Shouts out Kristen. Yeah. yeah. Does she listen? <laughs> I don't know, but. She would like it. I should convince her. She would like it, I think. I think she think. would too. Yeah. So February 23rd, 2019, Paul Murdoch, his girlfriend Morgan, his quote unquote friends, Miley and Connor. His cousin Anthony and his girlfriend Mallory Beach all get together to head out to what locals call 
Murdoch Island. Yeah. One of the family's uh, estates it. is located there, and they took the boat there for a night of partying. The family owns an island, Maddie. You can't see it, but I'm making a ooh, Maddie's making a face. Ooh, face. <laughs> yeah. Just gross, gross, gross. Yeah. So Paul uses his brother's ID to fully stock the boat for he and his underage friends and starts drinking pretty early in the day. The six of them hang out and drink beers from around 8 p.m. until midnight when Paul insists that they head over to an oyster roast on mm. another little island, mm. which actually sounds pretty dope. But <laughs> Paul's... If you're rich. Yeah. <laughs> Paul's visibly drunk, but it, being drunk, boating drunk is just kind of part of boating culture, honestly, it's I like feel a like. classic, uh, what do they call it? Classic darty. Yeah, yeah, the and you know these kids live in the area. They've probably seen every adult in their life drive a boat Drunk. a little tipsy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's you know it's still illegal to boat over the legal limit, but you can absolutely legally drink and boat at the same time. There's no I mean, open container laws on boating, that. Boating, you're not, you don't have to. There's no road. Yeah, you, know? you not, can just kind of go wherever. Mm -hmm. Not saying that it's okay to yeah drink and boat, but still... I can see how the responsibility the amount of responsibility kind of yeah. slips to the wayside. Yeah. You, you know, I think I would, I would be comfortable getting in a boat with someone that's had four or five beers. Depends you know. how many other boats are on the True. lake. True. And this is at night that they're doing it. Yeah. Too. So <laughs> even worse. Yeah. So the, you know, the friends don't really want to go, um, but Paul insists. So when they get there. Oh, um, that's. Yeah, Paul and Connor... Uh, Not good. No, they go to the bar and the rest stay back. They go walk to a little nearby park and hang out on the boat, you know. Paul and Connor down a few shots in a few minutes. And by now, Paul is just straight up shit face plastered. Mm -hmm. um, Timmy's in control now. Mm. And yeah, there's um, there's security <laughs> footage of, of the teens, you know, walking to the bar and then back to the boat and... In the very short time between Paul getting off the boat, you can tell he's drunk when he gets off the boat. But mm -hmm. after those two or three shots that he had at the bar, he was just fucking gone. Mm -hmm. um, they have a little bit of a boat ride back home and Paul insists on driving. He's yelling at his friends, fighting them for the wheel. And he you probably know, wanted to have a little fun. He's like, and he's a control freak and, yeah. and a spoiled brat. And yeah. that's his toy. You right, know, that's what, exactly what I mean. Like he's in his in his drunk head. He has no thought of like the safety of his friends. He's right. like, oh, I'm drunk. I want to have fun. Yeah. Give me the wheel. And yeah, and he doesn't want to share his toys with other people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's yeah, just belligerent. He's stepping away from the wheel and then uh, fighting people, getting mad at oh, them god. when they try to step up and take control of the wheel. Oh god. It's um, you know, it's pitch black and uh, the friends are just I might all... jump off the boat at that point. Right, that's yeah. what I was thinking like is at least if it was a car you can just get out, but there's, you know, there's not a lot you can do in this situation and mm. the friends I think are just all scared enough and just ready to fucking yeah. go home that yeah. Paul gets his way. But he's you know, it's pitch black. He's going full speed, doing donuts, hitting waves. Everyone's getting tossed around the boat, getting banged up. And mm -hmm. he puts his friends through this for almost an hour. Ugh. Um, Just it's after. A form of torture. It really is. 
Yeah, that's one of my worst nightmares, being stuck in a vehicle with someone who's completely hammered. So just after 2 a.m., Paul's going full speed in the dark towards a bridge. Mm. The boat hits a support pillar under the bridge. It flips and sends everybody flying into the water. That is so scary. This is probably like a decent-sized boat, too. Yeah, it's uh, it's not like a mini yacht by any means. It looks... It's it's a large fishing boat. Big enough to I'd do say. some serious damage if it yeah. flips on you. Yeah. Um, oh, God. And then this, the fear of getting trapped underneath and... Mm-hmm. Ah! Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one by one, the teens' heads start popping up out of the water, and they realize that there are only five oh. where there should be six. Mallory Beach is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Oh, this making me tear up. Yeah. Um, they're calling her name. Her boyfriend dives underwater over and over again looking for her. And all the while, Paul is laughing it off. You're kidding. He's laughing it off. Connor calls the cops around 2.20 a.m. They take statements from everyone, get them to the hospital, and start the search for Mallory. <gasps> Paul is the whole time going back and forth between joking around and being belligerent and He's in the hospital. He's not being cooperative with the staff, and they're finally able to get blood drawn from him. You would have to hold me back from that guy. Like, if he were acting like that, and my friend or my girlfriend, like, had potentially died from his actions, like, again, I don't believe in the death penalty, but... Man, I would, at the height of emotion, I can't say I wouldn't try to kill him. Yeah, if I remember the documentary correctly, I think cops did have to hold Hold Anthony back back a little bit from Paul. And and I remember Anthony screaming, like, you killed my girlfriend. That's my girlfriend, man. Um, God, fuck him. So to get the blood drawn, his blood alcohol content is 0.24. Three times the legal limit. Most people, you shouldn't be able to stand up at mm-hmm. 0.24. Mm-hmm. I was at 0.16 when I got my DUI, and yeah. I I wouldn't have been able to open my car door if I was at 0.24. And that's pretty indicative of like, like he's got a level of tolerance as well, yeah, right? So, dude, you know, I've been more drunk more times than anybody should be in their entire life. And yeah. 0.24 would have put me in the grave. Right. Like to be able to handle that. Yeah. You, you, you have got a, a serious problem. drinking problem mm-hmm. and you don't have a drinking problem like that at 19 without the help. Oh, of your God. Parents. I forget that he's 19. too. Yeah. It's like you, such a reckless age. That does not happen without the mm-hmm. help of your parents mm-hmm. in that situation. Yeah. So, family's in some deep legal trouble here, Mads, and so this deep. is <laughs> yeah, uh, this is what Alex lives for, you know. Well, the teens were in the hospital. Alex and Grandpa show up, and Mads, I've seen Sopranos enough time to know when a man in pleated pants is up to no good. Yeah, he makes several attempts to enter each teen's room while they're in the hospital. He's stopped by nurses and security multiple times, but he claims he just wants to talk to them. Mm-hmm. If this was anybody else's dad, maybe this wouldn't be suspicious. Right, but no, there's, I mean, two attorneys, uh-huh. you know they're they're putting together some story. They're getting their story straight right away. They're getting their right story away. straight. They're yeah. probably, uh, what's the word, 
when you they're probably bribing they're probably threatening i mean just alex murdoch standing over you is a threat yeah in and of itself yeah. these the friends know i mean they one of the friends um asked the cops they're like do you know alex murdoch and the yeah. cop was like yeah you know, that's his son and like this good yeah. they're, they're just known for being corrupt and powerful and if you cross them they will go out of their way to ruin your life. Uh, Ugh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's just trying to make sure that his story is is the one that's told. Mm -hmm. He told Connor that he didn't need to tell anyone who was driving the boat. And a security guard overheard Alex on the phone saying, she's gone, don't worry about her. That's uh, also indicative of that, like enabling and just like, there's no... Again, if I were in this situation, I would feel so bad yeah. that I wouldn't like I don't think I would ever stop apologizing or like, you know, like I just cannot believe people have a level or lack of a level of guilt. Yeah. To not. This is your son. That right. Did this, who's, who's a drinking problem you supported. Yeah. Ugh. How do you not feel bad? Right. You just you go straight to. She's dead. Don't worry about her. Let's figure out how to get Paul out of this. Low. Yeah, let's bury this. Ugh. Investigators and volunteers used boats, divers, and helicopters looking for Mallory Beach for eight days mm. before her body was found five miles downstream from the really? crash. Yeah. Oh, wow. Paul Murdoch killed this young woman. And, Period. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. daddy's pulling all the all of his shady tricks to make sure that that's not the truth that's told. Mm. But despite Alex's best efforts, Paul was charged with three felony counts of voting under the influence, including causing death on April 18th, 2019, Good. which would have been Mallory's 20th birthday. Oh. Oof, man, this one's getting me. Yeah. And of course, Paul pled not guilty and was released on bond. I hate huh? this family. I hate this fucking family so much maddie okay i think there's obviously a level of hating people individually but for me hating the system that allows yeah. these individual situations to happen is feel stronger he got to, to be take, honest he got to take his mugshot in the courthouse in his street clothes he was never in handcuffs. He was never in a jumpsuit for three felonies. Yeah. Including death. That is so disgusting. It is disgusting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But th th thankfully, I don't know. Eventually, everything is about to implode on them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, you think the shit has hit the fan already. The fan isn't even turned on yet. Right. Yeah. So, Mads, you ready for the beginning of the end for this family? Yeah, please. All right. By 2021, Alex has found himself at the center of more financial crime investigations than I can even begin to get into. Uh -huh. Yeah, this is this is wealthy murders, not wealthy financial crimes. So I'm <laughs> not going to cover those too much. But he's facing 81 criminal charges for all sorts of money-related crime, <sighs> laundering, fraud, tax evasion, uh the theft everything i feel like oh god like how could you even rack up 81 
<laughs> like dude. you're clearly getting away with shit if you've racked up 81 yeah, dude, it's different like when they every time we get an update on how many charges trump, trump is facing. i immediately thought of trump i was like yup yup Ridiculous. oh god yeah yeah so he's looking at you know years of prison time and more fines than he could afford to pay in 10 lifetimes mm. and on june 7th the CFO of his law firm confronts him about almost $800,000 in missing funds. Oh, wow. An insider. Yeah. Wow. Of that was own... a bold move. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hear what happened next from Alex himself, shall we? This is a 911 call from later that evening. Hmm. your emergency? <laughs> this is Alec Murdoch at 4147 Moselle Road. I need the police to pass us immediately. My wife and child just got badly. Okay, you said 4147 Moselle Road in Allison? Sir? You said 4147 Moselle Road in Allison? Yes, sir. 4147 okay. Moselle Road. Stay on the line with me, okay? Yes, sir. Stay on the line with me, okay? Okay. Con Carlson, I have an Alex Murdoch on the line, caller from 4147 Moselle Road. He's advising that his wife and child was shot. Okay, and sir, give me the address again. It's 4147 Moselle Road. I've been up to it now. It's bad. Okay. Okay, and are they breathing? No, ma'am. Okay, and you said it's your wife and your son? My wife and my son. Are they in a vehicle? No, ma'am. They're on the ground out at my kennel. <laughs> okay. And did you see anyone? Okay. Is he breathing at all? No. No. Is she? Okay. Do you see anything? Do you see anyone in the area? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. What color is your house on the outside? What color is your house on the outside? Uh, it's white. You can't see it from the road. Okay. Is it a house or a mobile home? It's a house. Okay. And what is your name? My name is Alex Murdoch. <sighs> He's okay. a better actor. Yeah. At least than... <laughs> And Robert Durst. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened there in Alex's words is he was visiting his mother who conveniently has dementia <laughs> um, and returned that night to find his wife Maggie and his son Paul have been shot dead outside of their dog kennels. Now, if I was the patriarch of a rich and powerful family and I found my wife and son murdered, I'd assume that I'm a target too, if not mm. the the actual target. Mm -hmm. But oh, totally. Alex makes this call out in the open. He doesn't go inside. He doesn't hide. He doesn't grab one of the dozens of guns that the family owns. He stands out in the open and talks on the phone. That's a great point. Obviously, right. I didn't have that mindset. But now that you say that, like, yeah, like the first thing you think is like somebody is gonna blackmail me or is out to get me or is mm -hmm. you know trying to get to me yeah yeah or is hmm. still there waiting to shoot me yeah 
The police notify the public of a double murder, but ensure them that there is no threat to the public. We covered John Bonet Ramsey back in December. The cops did a pretty similar thing in that case. Yeah. There's a murderer on the loose, but there's no threat to the public? How does that work? Right. <laughs> How does that work What does that, that even out? mean? <laughs> Someone just murdered two people. Or someone just murdered a child and... And we don't have them. We, we don't know who they are. Yeah. We don't have the murder weapon. But it was probably this person. It was and probably he, fine. he only had the one wife and kid. He can't uh, kill him again. Oh, God. Yeah. Alex goes quite some time without being considered a suspect, at, at least officially. He puts on his best face, offering $100,000 rewards for information in the murders. Mm-hmm. He says he's standing strong with his son and Maggie's parents, mm-hmm. which I feel so terrible mm-hmm. for in, in that and having to be face to face with Alex Murdoch. Um, Lying to them. Every day. Lying to yeah. face. Yeah. But uh, he starts to unravel. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> He gets, uh, he gets hooked on pills, he's in and out of court for financial crimes, and later that year, he pulls one final stunt. Alex alleges that he was changing a tire when a man in a car pulled up to him, shouted something, and shot him in the head. The bullet grazed him, he was fine. Good news, right? Mm. Wrong. The man in the car was Alex's pill dealer, who he had paid to kill him, so his son Buster could receive his $10 million life insurance payout. What the fuck? Yeah, a, a assisted suicide con, insurance con. That's Like I said, this family just gets more and more bizarre as, as time goes on. Yeah. The cops put this together, you know, within a couple of weeks. It's, it's Alex Murdoch of the Murdoch family. The man doesn't change his own fucking tires. Yeah. You know, his and his tire wasn't even flat. He had um the really fancy like self-healing tires where you can drive on a puncture. Healing? Yeah, it's oh, I have um, my my uh art cutting board that I have is the same material that um, is where you so can cool. cut into it and then it like expands and kind of heals up. So like you can you still have to change the tire, but you can sure. drive on a punctured tire with those for miles and miles and miles. And um, they found the fucking pocket knife that he stabbed it with yeah. nearby. Like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's all dumb. so dumb. dumb. He's uh, he's charged in this assisted suicide stunt and shit just rolls down here from Hill as it's, as it's been going. I'm assuming, like, that the family has, like, a lawyer, right? Oh, the family is lawyers. Oh, duh. Yeah. I was going to say, like, is this, is their lawyer just, like, grasping and being like, Okay, just yeah. just say this happened, or like, let's do this. This is your next, you know, your next yeah. option, next best option. Yeah, but I forgot I, their lawyers. So. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I would assume that his law firm is representing him. Sure. Um, not for long, though. Yeah. As as we'll find out, uh, Sled reopens investigations into Stephen Smith and Gloria Satterfield, like I mentioned. Mm. Uh, Connor, who survives the boat crash. Uh, sues Alex and Good. his law firm sues him over stolen funds. Good. Um, drops him. He's disbarred. He goes to rehab and is immediately arrested after Implode. for Implode. yeah Implode. yeah he's arrested right when he gets out of rehab for stealing <laughs> that uh, four point three million that was supposed to go to Good. Gloria's family. I love family. that. Hey, you yeah. got out of rehab. Just kidding. Yep. Um, and Straight I to fucking continues on. He gets uh, twenty seven 
seven charges related to fraud and money laundering. Mm -hmm. uh, 20 more charges follow that. 23 more charges follow that. Mm. And finally, finally, Maddie. Does he know Trump? Did he know Trump? <laughs> I, are they I wouldn't be surprised. Being how prominent right. they are, I wouldn't be surprised if they had met. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So more than a year after the murder of his wife and child, Alex Murdoch is finally charged with double homicide. Mm. Uh, it turns out Alex wasn't visiting his mother. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. Shook. Yeah. Um, there was a video on Paul's phone that he took um, near the dog kennels right before the murder was determined to happen. I and, think the podcast um, I listened to said it was a Snapchat. Probably. <laughs> probably. And um, they I brought in... I was just in... like, wow. Like mo yeah. modern things. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Snapchat video. Yeah, so that proved that Alex was, was home at the time. They brought mm -hmm. in um, a couple of Paul's friends to positively ID that that was Alex's voice in the background of mm -hmm. one of the videos. The prosecution alleges that Alex committed the murders to distract investigators from his financial crimes, and the defense argued a sloppy investigation and how dare you disgrace this loving family man. That is terrible yeah. to say that, or like, if that's true, again, killing the people that you're closest to, that are your family, that, I don't know, I wouldn't say you can be honest with because he probably wasn't, but like... Right. Killing your family in order to protect your financial. Yeah, I mean, like, what would that? What the fuck? And what would that buy him? A, a, a couple more weeks, months, a couple more years of freedom. Right. Like those charges don't just go away because your family is murdered. Right. Sure, they're gonna, you know, maybe prioritize the murder investigation. Right. But there's people that are already working on the financial crimes case. Those people aren't going to get transferred over to a homicide division. Yeah. You know? It yeah, just... it's not even like a guaranteed, like, if I kill my family, everything right. will be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you don't need a whole lot of physical evidence when this man's entire life is evidence of <laughs> a deceitful, dangerous personality. Mm -hmm. But, you know, an outfit covered in gunshot residue never hurts. <laughs> I know. Uh so Alex Murdoch shot his wife and son multiple times each. Multiple times. Multiple times each, and like I said, just, just for for what? For a little bit more freedom. Ugh. It's not gonna last, my friend. But yeah. it was a three week long trial, and the jury deliberated for less than three hours. Mm. And on March second of twenty twenty three, Murdoch was found guilty on all counts, and guilty he as was fuck. sentenced. <laughs> with back-to-back -back life sentences. Good. We got him. Nice. Decades late, but we got him. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's appealed as much as he can. There was some potential evidence of jury tampering, and mm. the judge denied him a new trial literally just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, this fucker is going to die in jail just like Robert Durst, and I couldn't be good. happier about that. Good, good, good. Yeah, but of course... This is a still a, an ongoing case, so we will have updates. Late Night Lobotomies is now your home for Murdoch murder updates. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Yeah, this one was pretty, like, recent enough. That... Yeah. That's why I think a lot of true crime podcasts haven't covered it yet. Yeah. But we're not a true crime podcast. 
just today we are. We're we're in everything. Yeah, we're in everything, like the bagel, like a chameleon. Yeah, <laughs> like a, yeah, yeah, like the bagel. Uh-huh. Well, good lord, Maddie, we did it. Do you have any more palate cleansers? Ooh, um, palate cleanser. Dolphins give themselves uh, specific names. Oh, dolphins like all have their each individual. Yeah, they have like a language, set. don't they? Yeah, they do. They can communicate from crazy far distances mm-hmm. too. I think whales. As yes, well. whales absolutely can. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that that uh, cleared the air of all the yucky murder. Well, M- maybe. Then we'll I just see. think about you know the state of our oceans and all oh, that. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll come back with a happier fact. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like to hear about. That you're getting another Jeep and yeah and all yeah. that. I'll so. uh, I'll talk more about uh, more about my Jeep on uh, maybe not next week's episode because we're recording out of order. But I, I'm getting it in a couple of days. Ooh. Um, so yeah, I get a couple of weeks. So I'll I'll talk about what uh, what my new what my new baby is like. That's um, really exciting. Here's a fun one. A single strand of spaghetti is technically called a spaghetto. Yeah. <laughs> That was a great That's one. Fun. A spaghetto. That's fun. Now we can have a happy oh, rest of our day. Now I feel 100% better. Good. Totally flipped. Good, good. All right. Well, those were two of the richest murderers or two of the most murderous rich people. However you want to look at it, they're where they deserve to be, finally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but big question, Mads. Who's the bigger piece of shit between Robert Durst and Alex Murdoch? I do think you got me with Alex Murdoch because of what had happened to the housekeeper and yeah. to, to Stephen and Gloria. Yep. Those ones, the fact that I hadn't heard of them before and they really had been just like tossed aside. Yeah. And money was stolen from the family. Yeah. It's real bad. Yeah. That that kind of topped it mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I still have to go with, with Murdoch. I think he was a bigger shit stain on more people's lives. Mm-hmm. I think, like, almost almost j- exclusively because he had a wider reach mm-hmm. in people's lives. You mm-hmm. know, Robert Durst, we could say maybe, you know, really dampened maybe 50 people's lives. Right. Alex Murdoch probably took a shit on upwards of 100 lives, mm-hmm. if not hundreds. But um, which one would you rather go to Six Flags with? Um... This feels weird to say, but I do think that Robert Durst's like personality and like an- like aneurysms, yeah. mannerisms yeah. are more interesting to me. Yeah, and there is just there's there's just something almost charming about him. I would and almost I hate that. Yeah, I, I would hate that I feel like, that way. Want I would we would go to Six Flags, but we wouldn't be together. Like I would kind of let him <laughs> walk around and i would just like watch him yeah listen to the conversation yeah he has with people. like i would like i would like yeah. him to be mic'd up mm-hmm. i like <laughs> I him want to be in... hear the conversations he's having with himself in full drag in yeah. full oh <laughs> yeah. great point in full drag yeah. as dorothy <laughs> signer <laughs> yeah the mute yeah i think I'd, I'd go with with thirst too for that i feel like i could get some really good late night lobotomies promo material out yeah. of his voice yeah you know not to glorify it all, but he does sound like the more interesting character, whereas Alex Murdoch sounds like my least favorite kind of person of all time. Yeah. 
I fully agree. I fully agree. Well, fuck, Mads. I guess you and I just got to go sit with this knowledge through the rest of our Thanks. day. Yeah, the rest of The rest of my life for me, for sure. Yeah. I, I could recite Alex Murdoch's 911 call back to you verbatim yeah. now, and that's information I don't necessarily need. But um, uh. yeah, now you listeners, you do too. But just remember, spaghetti, spaghetto. This is why Cheerio. this is why it's good to not do just true crime. Oh, I couldn't podcasts. do it. I could never all, do if it. You, like if you're only talking about these devastating stories and not yeah. throwing in a little a little twenty questions, like yeah, dude. Ugh. Yeah, John Bonet really fucked me. Yeah, up. I, that one's always. I, yeah, I Sean had in. never heard of that story. Really? I was like you have lived under a rock. Interesting. Oh, that's so cool! I got to break the John Bonet story to him. I know. Oh, that's so fucking fun! I love Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, all right, Mads. Do you have any listeners for the advice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> my listeners for the advice would be. I think the best thing you can do for yourself is be vulnerable mm -hmm. speak speak your truth mm -hmm. especially if you're scared to do it because mm. uh, the more that you do it the um the easier it will be well somewhat yeah i feel like it's sometimes never gets any easier but you will be in a better place for it yeah i can't tell you how many times i wish i would have spoken my truth sooner because mm. of how much better things got after it yeah but they were at first really hard but life is short you know you can't be holding those secrets in yeah look what really it did to robert durst to, to, to speak your truth yeah yeah i agree i agree my advice this week is if you like sleeping don't start a podcast <laughs> um no just kidding i um i live for this shit my advice is unless you talk in your sleep i do then you could I have a do. niece oh. talking in my sleep Dude, I podcast. could just, oh, I could save so much time if yeah. I just podcasted in my sleep. Yeah, you probably talk about all of your content probably. in your sleep. <sighs> Welcome to the Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is good for both sides of your brain. Exactly. Yeah, yeah no, my, my real advice is uh, don't hang around rich people just because they're rich. You know? For sure. Sugar daddies do have their place in society, and if you can safely benefit from them, then fucking go for it, but... Other than that, if if the only thing someone has to offer you is money, you know, it's it's time to bounce. Yeah. Get out of there. Don't ignore the red flags. No, don't ignore. And hey, if someone has red flags, put a red flag next to their contact in your phone. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Always a good tip. Marku I like has that a one. Marku has, I think, the Lebanese flag because it's green uh, next to their contact in my phone. Oh, I like yeah, because I started doing that with people from Hinge. Like, I was gonna say that's a really good idea for anybody that's <laughs> online dating. Uh huh. Help you keep uh, helps you keep track of everybody. Yeah. Or you could do yellow or or green or orange. You know. Would, you could on... like. This is like a good boundary for yourself too. Of like, add a red flag for each time there's a red flag, and Ooh, once you get to three, yeah. like done. Yeah, off. I like that. Or, you know, if it's one and done, I'm I. Yeah. Of that too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, leaving at the first red flag is always a good idea. Yeah. You know. <laughs> But, all right, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this extra bloody episode of Late Night Lobotomies. Yeah. And special thanks to our patrons out there. Maddie. Buddy. I am one. <laughs> patron Zero. Mm -hmm. I love you so much. If you want to be cool like Maddie, just uh, head to patreon.com slash late night lobotomies. But, Mads, what's, uh, what's your favorite way to stay in touch with Late Night Lobotomies online? 
I I usually see what's going on on Instagram. Yeah. And I think I I love the pictures. Like I feel like especially the pictures with Finn or mm-hmm. like dressed up. I love to see all like posing. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and we're we have been posting more uh, supplemental material in terms supplemental. of, of um, pictures and stuff, so you can look along while you listen, or if you just want, you know, hear us say that. Alex Murdoch looks like Conan O'Brien and blah, 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 blah. And you want to yeah. see what he looks like? Go take a look. I do feel You'll like see I'm right. there's enough on the podcast that's like described, like yeah. an image that's described that it's good to like go look and see what, yeah. what we're actually talking right. about. Yeah, we can't we can't really toss an image up on the screen, you know, but um, but yeah, OK, our, our Instagrams are at late night lobotomies. And my personal one is at E Tryon seven seven. Mads, do you want to give out your Insta, or are we staying anonymous no, today? No, I'm a, I'm a. You're a professional. I'm a professional, You're a professional, and I have to keep all of my vulnerabilities mm-hmm. not out in the public. Yeah, I feel you, buddy. <laughs> I feel you. I'm in the opposite boat. And I, I'm gonna be real. I've never wanted to be famous in my life. Um, this is probably the closest I've ever gotten. Nice. So far. Nice. But do not follow me. <laughs> um, do not like anything don't of follow, mine. Don't follow anyone named Maddie. Do just, not just to look be safe. into my life. I like my privacy, but I'm okay with putting my voice out there for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna see what's, uh, you know, what's going on with Maddie's life, you just have to keep tuning in. Exactly. To late night lobotomies. Exactly. Anything I reveal yeah. will be on the podcast, Patreon, or Instagram. So you better subscribe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Is there anybody you want to give a special shout out to while you have the mic in front of you? Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Finn yeah. for being yeah. a little buddy. He's a little buddy. I'd like to give a shout out to that judge that ran into Robert Durst. <laughs> I believe, I know you didn't mention this, but I believe, so like he had had a conviction. I, I think that's the right word. Mm-hmm. Where his bail was set at like the 250000 Yeah. Which he had paid easy peasy. And I yeah. think that judge said it at like five billion. <laughs> that's great. And when I heard that, yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Fuck that's yeah. fucking right. Like, God, you should have had to fucking running into the judge at the ball. Like, the one that also set your bail up yeah. for like five billion. God. Like, I'm going to shout out that judge. And Dummy. I don't shout out judges very often. So shout yeah, out to that really judge. really don't. First judge shout out on Late Night Lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to to my little buddy Piper. Oh, he deserves. Nice well, I don't know if he deserves a shout out, but it's nice he for does. him to get one. I miss his neglect. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's, sometimes it's nice to have a, an abusive uh, partner in the form of a cat. Yeah. You know, keeps cat's me different. Humble. It's different. Yeah, it really is. We are going to be back next week, as always. I am going to have my ass in the sand in Florida. But Late Night Lobotomies will be right where it always is, in your ear holes. (laughs) Next week, Mads, special episode. This, today, is episode 20 of Late Night Lobotomies, which means that next week is our fact check for episodes 11 through 20. Fact checks are the best episodes. Yeah, yeah, all one of them. (laughs) <laughs> great <laughs> yeah but yeah you know our christmas episodes philosophy 22q this one all of it love it yeah love it love it madeline maddie mads 
thank you (laughs) so so much for letting me podcast at you today yeah this is so fun actually i'm so happy you could join me on this journey me too yeah for real buddy it's been it's been really special i like i said i have us hanging out recorded now so anytime i miss you i just get to you know listen to stories of brutal murder right um perfect perfect. i mean i wouldn't want you to remember me by Anything else? Yeah. Actually, let's do one about horror movies, because I would yeah, rather you... Yeah, I'll bring you on for a horror movie one Yeah. Soon. Yeah. Well, but yeah, thanks for coming on. I love you, buddy. Yeah, I hope to I hope to be back. You will. You will. You have to be. You signed a contract. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That one contract I signed. Uh-huh. Well, Mads, you might have forgotten that I said we're checking in with OJ before the episode's oh my God. done. <laughs> I did. I did forget that. I sure didn't. So, taking us out today is the expert on murder himself, O.J. Simpson, and his thoughts on the Alex Murdoch case. Oh, God. Case. Do they just, like, occasionally, like, ask him for his opinion on murders People, going on? yes. Do they say, as the expert on murder, um, what are your thoughts on this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's says, just, I still didn't do it. He just, yeah, a lot of people tweeted him asking for his, uh, his take on stuff. And, oh, you know, sometimes he obliges. So enjoy. And thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, a whole lot of people are asking me what I think about this uh Alex Murdoch trial. I don't know why they think I'm an expert on it, but uh, I got to admit, when he took the stand, a guy who's an habitual liar, I did watch um, um, when the trial first started. Uh, I watched him take the stand, and I uh, thought it was probably a mistake because the guy is an admitted liar, and it's hard for me to think he can be on the stand five, six, seven, eight days uh, without lying. Question is, what did he lie about? Uh, but lying and stealing money is a little different than murder. Uh, I realized in watching them testify what he was doing. He was just trying to relate to one or two of those jurors that he was a good old boy. He was one of them. Uh, and I'm not sure he didn't succeed in doing that. Uh, I am not qualified to, to really say if the guy did it or he didn't do it. Uh, you know, if a juror miss an hour of testimony, they no longer qualified. I've missed days that I haven't watched this. Um, uh, but from what I've seen, do I think it's more likely that he did it? Yes. But more likely equals reasonable doubt. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye. I didn't want to be that person. You can say bye. Bye. No, I don't like. No, I don't want to be that person.